This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online platform that helps you find a therapist that will match your needs. BetterHelp offers live video chats, um, open discussion conversations with real therapists in real time if that's what you need. I personally love it and have used it now for almost two years. I would really recommend if you need someone to talk to that is not in your family or your friend circle (laughs) that you reach out to betterhelp.com and you will receive 10% off if you use my code BGP. So again, that's betterhelp.com slash BGP to find the right online counselor for you. Hi, welcome to Big Girl Pants Podcast, where we talk about health, wellness, careers, parenting, relationships, and everything in between. I am your host, April Melton. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Big Girl Pants Podcast. I have a very special guest today, and I don't think that I can do his name justice. I would like him to say it. So uh, please tell the listeners your full name. My full name is William Benjamin Lincoln Teeny. That's incredible. Um, So today we are talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, something that I not only believe in for myself, but just about for everyone in my life, I would say, including my kid. My kid and I go to therapy. Um, But you and I are really going to talk about your experience, both in a relationship, out of a relationship, the relationship with yourself, the relationship with your family members, the mm-hmm. relationship with others, the relationships with your friends, yeah. and how therapy really like impacted that. Oh, of course, yeah. So, um, let's kind of start at the beginning. Let's. 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 So, um, I grew up in Houston, Texas. My what part? Uh, Galleria. Okay. Man, I was seven one three. I don't know shit about Houston. So it's okay. That's but for the I people was inside who are listening the loop. who do. Yeah, everybody knows inside the loop. <laughs> inside the loop. Okay, so my parents actually got divorced when I was one. Oh wow. Yeah. So my. But mom, they had you had an old you have an older brother. Older brother. And How much older? He's about three and a half years older. than Okay, I so am. they had plenty of time to fight and figure out that they didn't want to be together. Cool. Yeah, and so there is something that kind of happened with my brother. So I think my brothers maybe like one Mm -hmm. and my family's at a function my dad's kind of watching grant but he's like in the bathroom getting ready and grant kind of walks off and my dad's like hey where's grant and goes into the back room and my brother is face down no heartbeat no breathing in a hot tub right so he's drowned just wait so my dad freaks out does infant cpr brings my brother back to life right so the fire department comes my brother's in the hospital for like a month okay like kind of just coming back my mom, that that completely fried her circuit, right? Like supposedly she was super cool and laid back, and she, my mom is, my mom's awesome, but I know you love your mom. Yeah, yeah. The amount of stress from that, like that's huge, dude. Had a massive effect on my mom, and it it kind of came out in other ways. Right? Sure. So, my parents are trying to repair things. They go on this second honeymoon to Paris, France. Nine months later, William Benjamin Lincoln Teeny. <laughs> And so the man's so great. He needed four names. Yeah. Four names. Three (laughs) isn't enough. And so, oh, and so, um, then Um, as like the, after the accident with my brother, my mom wanted more control, right? She obviously was completely all, you know, it's just that that's a big event, right? She, her circuits were fried. And so she kind of tried to control her environment so much that it was like, she would lay out clothes for my dad for a party and be like, hey, wear this outfit. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to wear something else. And then, like, they She's would like, get into a fight no. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, before you go. Yeah. 
Was your brother okay? My brother's fine. He's literally how happily long, married. Did they say how long he was out? Was maybe like a minute or something. I don't know. Just <sighs> no long-term damage, you know? I mean, I don't know. There's some instances that make me <laughs> You're like, oh, think about it. it. <laughs> but so, um, and my parents' marriage wasn't perfect at all, right? I've talked with both of them about it. So they're divorced. What was difficult is I have the exact same personality as my father. Mm. So, so your mom loved that. Yeah. So my mom. <laughs> do you look like him too or do you look like your mom? I look exactly like my mom. Okay. Like, That's kind of a win though, but you act like your dad. Yeah, so exactly. So my mom. every day. Yeah. And <laughs> what I started to notice is that my mom was really stressed. She's doing it all on her own. Mm -hmm. She went from being a receptionist at a plastic surgeon's office mm -hmm. to being a number one pharmaceutical sales rep at four different pharmaceutical companies. Like She's Pfizer. really successful. Oh. I, I do remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was working her fingers to the bone. She was sending my brother and I to private school, right? Like really providing for us, got us out of a condo and into a, you know, neighborhood. And I met my best friends and all of this good stuff, but she just didn't have any help. Do you ever remember your mom? Because you were so young when they got divorced. Do you ever remember her not being stressed? My mom's favorite line is like, I'm on a short fuse, Benjamin. And I was like, mom, if you're always on a short fuse, like that's just your fuse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My mom was like, just about getting it done. What, and she knows this too. Her difficulty is being, is like that emotional connection. Like, Hey buddy, how you doing? You know, like, like, Hey, let's talk about that. Do you think that's because she doesn't give herself enough grace to like experience those emotions so that it's hard to empathize with others so to consider that they might have those emotions i think emotions like that for my mom are kind of fuel that she uses to like work harder okay it's not something that she's like hey let's sit down and kind of process this sure. and like let's talk it out nah, no she's like on no. to the next keep it fucking moving keep it moving all right yeah and so um i had a therapist this is probably one of the best things that repaired my kind of relationship with my mom, right? Because she, I love her to death. She was doing everything that she can. It's just some of the stuff, you know, yeah, kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> when my brother would make a mess, my mom would be like, hey, God, I'm just so lucky that like Gran is here, you know, to like make that mess, right? I'm, I'm so lucky that I, you know, that he's here. Yeah. And when I would make a mess, she'd be like, God damn it, Benjamin, like get to your room. <laughs> you, you piece know? of shit. Yeah, well, just, it, my mom just had like, one of the things that I noticed early on is that, you know, when you watch like a movie and there's like one parent's really mad at the kid and then like the other parent's like, hey, April, you know, I know, but come on, they're just boys or whatever. Sure. Dismissive. Yeah. My mom had no, hey, like second person. Mm. So it was just her. Yeah. And so she's trying to be mom and dad. She's trying to be disciplinary, disciplinarian, maybe not necessarily friend, but, you know. She's got to cook, clean, heavy on the do the laundry, right. get all Get all the stuff done, work, right? Do everything. And so... Did she do it good? My mom killed it. Like, good job, mom. I believe in... If I had a company, like if I owned a company every someday, I would have 60% female in like workforce. Dude, we're the fucking best. Oh, my, we're incredible. Yeah, my mom's a <laughs> rock star. So early on, I knew that things were kind of always tough, right? Sometimes my mom and I would butt heads. She's an authoritarian. Yeah. She doesn't want you to say anything back. And she's not trying to fuck around. Yeah, it, don't don't push back. Just fucking do as I say. Yeah. Because I have way too much shit to do to be fucking with your pushback, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what I realized early on was 
I kind of had to outsmart my way of situations, like with my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, like she'd be like yelling, "Oh, you!" And I was like, "Well, hey, didn't you also say this one time?" And it's like that and then was she's my, like, "Don't fucking catch me on my own shit." It, yeah, so <laughs> that didn't help. No. Um, and so I also had to literally just my dad would say when he'd pick us up sometimes, like we would be, um, what's the term? Catatonic, not catatonic, but just like. Uh, yeah, zoned, for sure. Zoned out. And so... Well, because when he picks you up, then you no longer have to be on guard, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like you're so desensitized sometimes that, like, yeah. you're just out of it. Yeah. And so um, I know that we're talking about the... We're laying some of the groundwork on why therapy was yeah almost needed for me. Like, you know, what... The, yeah. what no, I, bring it on. The, the you don't, have, you don't to have to explain it. It's fine. Okay, good. We're here. This is a podcast. This is good. what we do. But we hey, talk. my mom did a badass job. I do have to say that. But... um. I think I had to, the environment was so stressful. I had to become hyper aware of where my mom was at because where my mom was at was where all of us were at. Right. Like if my mom that was having a bad the, day. She set the tone. Yeah. For my, the home. Yeah. Right. And so. So that's you and your brother. Yeah. And herself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Grant, my brother got a scholarship to go to this boarding school in Indiana. Um, I went up and visited him. I'm 14 years old. My mom had gotten married to a high school sweetheart and gotten divorced, you know, throughout this time. And, and so, um, I want to go to Culver, right? It's a military academy. People ask me what Culver was like. Mm -hmm. And I tell them like, compared to my home life, it was was like better. (laughs) Cake. It was cake. (laughs) Uh, I had an ex Marine drill sergeant as my TAC officer. Like for infantry, bat- mean? Okay. Like for the the battalion, okay. he's like the military personnel over you know this battalion of the school. Yeah, I could read him like a book. Yeah, it was easy. <laughs> I told him I have the only mom that makes an ex marine drill sergeant look like a youth pastor. <laughs> and I, I, he's like, you belong here, Sonny. <laughs> you belong here, right? And so, growing up, I always felt like I was kind of there. You know, like with my friend groups in school, I was kind of bullied, you know, in school growing up and um, like, you know. When you say kind of there, what do you mean? Like you're in the cool club, but you're not like when the I was coolest in, dude. Yeah. So I went to a private school. Yeah. All these other kids are like loaded. My For mom sure. is like barely yeah. making it in. We got a scholarship. So like, right. and my parents are divorced, right? So right. everybody has the white Married picket fence parents. marriage. Oh, Turns out the person who With was the bullying Range me, yeah, yeah. I, you kind of figure out why, right? Um, it's always it always comes from somewhere. Right? Exactly, like yeah. healthy people, like hurt people, hurt people. Exactly, right. And so, I always felt like I wasn't good enough, and so I was competitive. You know, I wanted to be the best, but for some reason, it's like I wasn't even motivated to work harder just because I was convinced that like, eh, well, I'll probably just fuck it up somewhere. Right. Or I I'll like, just fail. Like, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. You know, just let's show up what, whatever, what it is, what it is. And I was able to do things like when I went to Culver, I started playing rugby. I was 14 years old. That became my first passion in life. And I was able to have something where like I put in, I get out. Yeah. I'm in control. Right. It gives me a teamwork sense of like self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. I'm striving for my goals, right? I was able to, you know, over three years, make the national team. That was like my first life goal. And I did it when I was 17 years old. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's very awesome. So I'm, I'm, that's self-actualization, right? Like 
that's the peak. Yeah. And even in that moment, it was not, I was always carrying something around with me that like, I wasn't good enough. Yeah. This is just the thing that you're good at. This is your luggage. Like, this is your baggage. You always have it with you. And you're like, God, I wish you would just drop off. Like, just go away. I just want to let you go. And I think the, for me, the shame piece made me feel like something about me wasn't 100%. So I kind of fractured my personality a little bit. Like, it's, hey, who's what I think everybody wants, right? Because I want them to like me. Oh, yeah, you can play. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Who do I think everybody wants? Let me just try to be that person. I'll pretend. And, I'll put on my mask. I'll put on my my costume. I'll do whatever. Yeah, or right. I'll do whatever you want so that, you know, like you'll be friends with me. Right. Right, like that people-pleasing because I think Ugh. from my – yeah. Did you do that in your relationships too? Like do you remember like having girlfriends and stuff like that and like molding yourself to – I think relationships were always a little bit skewed for me growing up yeah. because I thought that the relationship was based on how you feel about someone. Okay. And now I know like – Real love is an action. For sure. Right? Love is just, a verb. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just how you feel about somebody. But I do know that, you know, I was either – some of the self-defense mechanisms that I, you know, crafted for myself growing up in the environment that I was in is I can get crafty. Yeah. Like I can kind of manipulate a situation or do something. Your so armor is really good. Yeah. And you can like put that shit up quickly. And be crafty. And it's like the difficulty piece in the relationship was – it was always going to be doomed to fail because I'm having somebody fall in love with me, but I don't believe them, mm. you know? Okay. Or if I let them get close enough. Because you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you that you're going to fall in love with me? Not, it has nothing to do with them, but it's okay. more that like, you're they're not gonna worthy find of out. it. Yeah. The other oh, shoe's going to drop. Oh, that I'm a piece of shit or that yeah. I'm a loser or yeah. I'm not worthy of this. Exactly. And so like that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It affected you know, one of my main relationships. You self-sabotage. Yeah, of course. Oh. Self-sabotage <laughs> is a way for someone to gain control right. of a situation they don't feel Yes, it's self-preservation. Of. Self-sabotage is actually self-preservation because you are so afraid of this thing that it could potentially be like so good or whatever. I'm going to kill it before it comes to fruition. So I'm going to protect myself because I'm so nervous, like you said, about them finding out if I'm a piece of shit or something or... Um, that I'm not really the person that they think I am or that, you know, it's all a facade or, you know, that, uh, what is it called? Imposter syndrome, right? Like all of these things are going to really come, come true. So I'm going to fuck this up before it could potentially be something beautiful. Yeah. And that's like the defense mechanism. Yeah. Like you want to push people away. It's, I think especially in relationships too, it's like, relationships are really good because it exposed my weak points, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, I told you I was married, you know, we can talk about that here in a little bit, but the, I, I, you know, and we here we're talking about therapy. I had been going to therapists since I was a kid and psychiatrists. Really? And How old were you when you first started? Probably like seven, eight. Why did you first start? ADD diagnosis. Oh, really? Yeah. So weird. Psychiatrist. <laughs> oh yeah. And then I know, right? Who knew? Is this a mirror? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> And so started doing psychiatry. I remember my mom and I were getting into fights when I was young, like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. And they were knocked down, drag out. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Right. I'm kind of stubborn. Right. And were you getting into fights because she was asking you to do things and you were like, no, I don't want to fucking do it. Or like, what was it? Because for me, I fought with my mom from the jump. 
I look exactly like my dad, but I act like my mother. Yeah. Because I'm raised by her. And she's borderline personality disorder. So while she's not maybe a diagnosed narcissistic personality disorder, it's like the next step. So all of our arguments were like, you know, similar to what you said where your mom would be like, hey, you need to do something. Hey, but didn't you say this? Or like, wouldn't it actually make sense for us to do this? And I was I was uh, two years older than my younger brother. And then I have a youngest brother who's seven years younger than me. So I was parentified from really the age of like four. Because mm. my mom like, sh- my parents got divorced when I was super young. I was five when they got divorced. But during all of that time... Um, my mom like slammed my finger in the front door because she was on drugs and Oof. the cops came and my de- my parents had drugs in the house and, um, my younger brother is like two years old at the time. So I'm like taking care of him. And then my, you know, like you said, your mom got married, then divorced. My mom did the same thing. And then she was a single mom working full time and my mom did not work, um, what you would think a typical woman would do, she did blue-collar jobs because mm-hmm. she preferred manual labor over working in an office. And she also got fired for calling someone an, uh, mm. an expletive an expletive deleted. <laughs> so th- all of this happened. And when my youngest brother came, I was, I was nine. My younger brother was seven. So it's April. Charles is two years younger than me. And then Jeffrey. So when Jeffrey came, it was like not only was my mom a single mom, but now my mom had three kids and one of them was a baby. So I was no longer a child. I was now the spouse or the partner. So a lot of our arguments would be because I'm like, Hey, it's actually better for us to do this. Hey, it's actually better for us to do this. And she leaned on me so much for that issue. I mean, even still to this day, it's so fucked. I talked to my therapist and I'm like, why does she do this to me? We did a good job. I'm like, no bitch. I was your kid. Like, (laughs) I was a child, too. I was supposed to be a kid. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. You feel like that kind of got stolen from you? Oh, it absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I tried to preserve it so much for, like, my kids. Ooh. That, I think, is... Somebody once told me, like, you know, especially when you have kids, you essentially get a second chance at childhood. Oh, my God. It's the best. Yeah. It's the fucking best. Definitely something you look forward to. It's the best when you're healthy. Yeah, Because a lot of people can try to vicariously live their childhoods through their children, which is completely different than preserving their childhood. Yeah. I think, the easiest, I think the easiest way to boil it down is sort your shit out. Like, we all have shit. Bro, right? figure it the fuck out. I think the best analogy I've ever thought is everybody on this planet has a closet, right? And in that closet, they just put a bunch of stuff that they don't want to see, they don't want to deal with, they don't want to look at. Sure. And we think that we put that closet like we put that in a closet and it doesn't never affect our- comes out again <laughs> the more stressed you are the more that door is gonna open it just flies open and if you don't go in there especially when the times are good to like sort some of that stuff out and organize it and get a game plan for it like it will come out mm-hmm. um so we talked about this um, so your mom's so your arguments with your mom what were they yeah. like so you said you started fighting with her nine or ten my mom needs to have control Right. And so I had to figure out a way to communicate, like literally doing backflips and t- tiptoeing on eggshells. Mm-hmm. So to like it's not instigate my mom to be mad while I do communicate that like, hey, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think this is like the best thing. Like, hey, here's my input as your son. My mom to be like, hey, I'm the parent. You're the child. You I don't got give this. a fuck. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. And so 
In not so many nice words. <laughs> yeah. So here's what it, it just kind of hit me now. When I was a kid, everything would be okay if I would if I did everything that I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Didn't do anything that I wasn't supposed to do, right? Followed all the rules, did what my mom said. And if my mom ever did anything that like hurt me or wasn't okay, just like shut up about it. Mm-hmm. And if there was anything that I thought that we could do better, like I don't I don't care. Right. You know, like it doesn't matter. That's nice, but hey, we've right. got bigger stuff to do. Right. That that theme will kind of come up later on. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that's when we started therapy, okay? Here's where I knew I was kind of at a disadvantage. My mom and I are going to a therapy session together, mm-hmm. okay? And we're talking about what different things that I'm doing and different things that my mom is doing, right? That's kind of causing problems. Mm-hmm. So like when I would mess something up, X, Y, or Z, whatnot. Then, Keep in mind, yeah, you're fucking nine. Yeah. Okay. Eight or nine. You were like a child. Oh, yeah. Weird. You have no executive function. You don't know what the fuck is going on. You're fucking eight years old. Okay. Just so everyone understands that. Yeah. So I was like, I was like eight or nine and my mom would bring something up and it would be like, okay, you missed, you messed this up. Right. And also too, like, and you did this and then I'd be like, yeah, but you know, here's what I was trying to do or, you know, X, Y, or Z or try to defend myself. And then my mom would just reach back into the past and it's like every brick that she could grab, right? You're like, not a- she's not going to lose the argument to a child, right? Like my mom's in control. She's the mom. I'm the kid. So then she like brings in backup and then I have to figure out ways to like sidestep that or, you know, respond to it or, and one of the things after this session, we each walked away with like three different things that we needed to work on. Okay. Like my mom is paying money to a psychiatrist so we can do therapy together. Mm-hmm. There was my list and my mom's list. And one of the things on my mom's list was, you know, like, don't bring up the past, right? Let's just talk about where we're right at now. right now. I think we're walking out to our cars after the session. And my mom is mortified that I told another human being, like, actually what it was like that she living does in things wrong. Right. And then my mom is trying to be upset and mad at me because of like how I made her look in that session. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mom, but these have been problems like for a long time, like especially over like the last year. You don't this have any been... problems, Benjamin. Oh, my mom's like, uh, you're not supposed to bring up the past. And I was like, mom, that was, that was your That's rule. you. That's on you. <laughs> like in that moment, I was like, fuck. Because you just realized that. It's never going to change. It's never going to get better. <laughs> I didn't know that. Look, I didn't know that at the time. How the fuck are you supposed to know that? You were a fucking child. Yeah. But kids are smart, right? And they're adaptive and they're resilient. Bullshit. Guess what kids do? Kids do things led in emotion. Kids do things purely driven by emotion. They do not do things out of logic. They do not do things out of experience. They don't do anything based on on things that make sense. Wait, I have to push back a little bit. They're so emotionally driven. They they are emotionally driven, right? But kids have executive brain function at eight or nine. Kids can be smart. Kids will understand based on experience. I'm hey, not saying that they're stupid. I'm just saying that your brain, scientifically, your brain is not formed yet enough to yeah. know that the long-term effect of one of your decisions at eight or nine years oh, old. Oh, yeah, of course. No. Yeah, you no can't see the big way. picture. Yeah. Right. But the easiest way to think about it is the environment that I was in, like my brain is an executive computer. And so as my, as I was growing up and I'm getting all of these data points, 
right? Like, Hey, I'm hurt about something. I go to my mom to try to talk to her about it, but she's like super busy and doesn't have time for me. Right. Was she though? Yeah. My mom was busy all the time. But I mean like, was she, she really, a, like, was she really like too busy to talk to you about stuff or was that just not a level of comfort she was willing to like, I think anything endure. that I brought up. So if I was like, Hey mom, I really don't like, you know, whenever you and I do this, right? right? Yeah. Like this really f- fucking sucks for me when X, Y, or Z happens. Right. Right. My mom would be like, God, nothing I ever do is fucking good enough. Oh yeah. Right. Like I'm a gaslight you baby. Well, it, it's not, it's not that she was <laughs> gaslighting me. It's that in her eyes, right. She for doesn't all things, feel like, yeah. All things are either all good mm-hmm. or all bad. Yeah. So like the happiness is temporary. Things are as good as they are with my mom until you mess something up. Until you fuck something up. Or until you, like, don't agree with her. or you. And then it's like a tailspin. You're just and all the way down. Yeah. And everything's bad. So the dynamic that I learned for, like, fights and communication, or, like, I was, I, I, I was given the extra hard difficulty at, you know, figuring out how to navigate that space when it came to, like, communication and conflict. and Yeah, and you were a child. Yeah. yeah. And so... That's why I wanted to go to Culver. I had to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, and you're 14. 14. Which is formidable. That's a really important time. Like, yeah, of course. From like 12 to, you know, 20. That's like huge. Huge. Yeah. I was able to be around so many good role models. And men. So much men. Men. So much more consistent, right? You see adults apologize and say that they're sorry oh, wow. and like ask really? for your, At your opinion. school? Oh, yeah. Like Culver is probably one of the greatest places I've ever been in my life. Wow. Like the, the teachers that I, I can't say enough good things. Yeah. Would you send your kids there if they wanted to go? 100%. Okay. It's a great school. Yeah. I actually did therapy while I was in high school. One of the best nice. sessions I've done. Super cool. Super cool. I forget her name, but she was awesome. Super laid back. She had this big sandbox and all these toys. Yeah. Right? And you guys just go in and play and like talk shit out. No, she goes, hey, just build me a set. Okay. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, cool. So I, I built this set and it ended up being like the one cool guy that I thought that I was like surrounded by other people and kind of like by himself. And I was like, Oh, you know, he's this badass." And she's like, yeah, but like, who's with him? Like, is there anybody? Yeah. And I was like, it, it was a good way for me to allow my subconscious to kind of speak about how I felt. Yeah. Cause I was always the funny guy. Right. Mm-hmm. I was always laughing. I was always keeping people laughing. That's my defense mechanism. For sure. Like my brother and I are both the funniest people you'll ever meet because we had to do that. You know, we had to like yes. lean on each you other. You have to use humor to deflect from the pain. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Good gosh. I made some good jokes though, right? Uh, right. Um, I stood on stage and told one. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like Culver was the first example I got of like healthy families. Nice. Like I'd go home and spend weekends with my friends and their moms. Yeah. And like. And you were like, holy shit. I was like, excuse me. Is this normal? Is this what normal people are like? I was like, is this real life? This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, and to have parents actually treat you like. A human? Yeah. So weird. Yeah. I know. So, I remember growing up and like always being in like this constant state of envy of like all of my friends and their married parents and like the fact that they would sit down to eat dinner together, you know, or like just talk. Like I want nothing more out of like my family and my life to have like, it doesn't even have to be nightly. Cause you know, like with kids and activities and all this shit, like sometimes you get busy, but like sit down at the table and have like real tangible conversations. Like mm-hmm. tell me about your, what do they call it? Peaks and 
peaks, valleys? peaks and valleys, but I think there's a rose and thorn is usually what I use. What was your rose of the day? What was the thorn of the day? Right. Like e- in either one of those, but like those conversations and having real, like consistent, not traditions, but like consistent, um, not patterns. I don't know. Systems. Yeah, systems, whatever yeah, you, you want to call it. System. Consistency in your family. Like, I always wanted that. I was so jealous of my friends who had that. Yeah. I, dude, every day was a. I know. Shit yeah, show. It's shit just show. like you're just fucking running and whatever. So I think high school, you start to realize that, like, my, the situation that I'm in isn't normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm also hyper aware of the inf- the behavior that influenced it, right? Like, I'm people-pleasing and I try too hard to make people try to like me and, you know, all of this. Did you ever find yourself, like, trying to find the identifier about yourself? Like, you said you were the funny guy. Did you ever, like, really attach yourself to, like, an identity? Like, did were you really into religion or were you really into sports or were you really, like, did something define your personality? I was wild and funny. <laughs> wild and, and that, funny. that's that, too, is, like, a really good example. Like, childhood, my mom's my mom's only form of moderation is abstinence, mm. right? So, like, that, she's, yeah. like, so there were so many strict rules and, you know, so much direction. And my mom was trying to, she she was trying to help me by doing things for me. Right. Right. But then it ended up, you know. Yeah. Not being the most helpful long term. Um, but, yeah, it, <laughs> I just got lost in my thought. I know. I can tell. You're just, like, you're, there's so many wheels spinning right now. Yes. What, what were we just saying before? We were talking about, um, like, you were in high school and you're learning, like... Oh, yeah. Th- what motivated kind of the behaviors. Yeah. And so, you know, I was just, like, people-pleasing. My identifier. Um, rugby became my first identifier. Okay. That was my first passion in so life. So that was, like, you're, like, I'm good at this. I, I got can go this. places with this. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I was, like... I'm going to invest I in had this. control. Yeah. Because I could control the outcomes of the games. I invested the hard work. Yeah. I was able to, like, dictate... And it's physical and, and mental. So you're able to use your whole body and your mind when playing this sport. Yeah. And right? imagine being a 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid that has been, for lack of a better term, verbally and emotionally abused for the last 13 I'm years. I'm fucking about to unleash this fucking monster. It, so <laughs> it's not even that I came in as anger. No. But I was just able to empty the gas tank. Well, you're able to channel all that energy, all of that. Like, you're able to pinpoint it and put it, like, laser focus. This is where I'm going to put it, in rugby. Yes. Yeah. And because you're having to go 100%, you literally, like, exhaust yourself out. Before you were, when you were younger, before your brother went to this school, did you guys ever get in fights? Like, Who? physical fights, you and your brother? Yeah, until I was big enough to actually fight back. And then he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Just kidding, change my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we'd always fight and wrestle. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, that's normal for a dude. I would fight and wrestle with my brothers. I'm a girl. There's a problem with that. Well, I feel like siblings, you know, you mm. got to you got to wrestle around a little bit. Mm. Um, but I think in high school is where I started to get an idea of, hey, this is more what normal look like. Yeah. No, normal looks like, and so, and I I was always trying to use my brain to figure out like what was going on. I was always having to be like the middleman between my mom and my mom's side of the family because they would fight about stuff. So it's like from 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, like I'm in between adults trying to de-escalate a situation and like find common ground. And so like I want to just keep the peace, right? That's I I just want to, you know, kind of keep the peace. Hey, everybody, we're okay. Knowing what I know now, 
what I thought behaviors that were me were in reality just like me trying to fulfill needs that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, like I used to always chase girls, always chase girls because I was like, yeah, they're cute. I like them. They're sweet. What I know now is what I really needed was like a deep emotional connection. Yeah. But I wasn't really vulnerable enough to, to have let that. somebody in. Sure. So then it's like, how can I get X? But not X, so I need something close, kind of like Y, right? right. So it's like... I need X.1. <laughs> yeah. Or like <laughs> the X variant. You're trying to get that like the the physical connection to supplement the emotional connection that you don't have. Which, and I actually saw a video the other day. It was like a reel or a TikTok or something where it said that men feel intimacy through sex because they don't feel... Um, secure enough to have true emotional intimacy, like vulnerability. So that's they kind felt, of a broad statement on guys, but I know I know what you mean. No, and he was that's what he was trying to explain. It's an, I'm not making a statement. I'm just saying what he was explaining in the video yeah. that a lot of men don't have the ability to have that real vulnerability yep. to have true intimacy, so that they only get that being held during sex. I have a really good way to describe this, and I heard it. So there's honesty, transparency, and vulnerability. Yeah. Honesty is if you ask me, I'll tell you, right? Okay, sure. Transparency is like, hey, I'm living my life right. and this is what I'm putting on display. Okay. Right? Like I'm not hiding anything from anybody. Vulnerability is finding, is taking your weak point and you are offering it up to this other person, right? Like you're to tell somebody that you 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 actually have feelings for them right. right is you being vulnerable right because you're like hey i like you i like you right right um vulnerability to get that true emotional connection like you're talking about you have, have to, to have be, that yeah because you're offering yourself up vulner- like with that vulnerability and then that person has your back in that moment like when well, you you're want at your, them to. Yes. <laughs> when you're at your weakest, when you feel like you don't have any armor, if that – you offer it up and then that person's able to like acknowledge and see you and, and you know that it's okay. Yeah. That's the deeper connection that most guys can't get to because they're not willing to say the thing that they really think. Of course. Like – For you, what was what was standing in the way of you having true vulnerability because you felt like – I had the opposite. I had no boundaries, so I was like super vulnerable. I would I would tell people everything. I, would, I was the complete opposite. What are boundaries? Oh yeah, I had no idea what healthy boundaries were. Okay, so I was just spilling the beans on anything. I was like an From open the jump. Book. Yeah. Okay. Because it's right. you have to understand that like good relationships are like teamwork. For sure. Yeah. And if you've never played the sport before. Right. Or if you've never had it modeled for you before. Yeah, exactly. Right. You kind of How what was the uh and not to not to keep going back and forth with your mom and dad? What was the uh dynamic between your parents? Like was your mom kind of like a bulldog and your dad was like, Yeah, sure, whatever? My mom was kind of fun, laid back, you know, sorority girl type average. Um after Grant, she got type A. Okay. Type A. Okay. She's always been and you know, we're a result of like the environments that we're in and then how we respond to them. Yeah. And so I think my, you know, just looking at, I read a book in high school called Cycles of Abuse. Yeah. And it talks about how like, you know, things water flow. And my mom found out that I'd read the book and she got mad at me. She was like, what do you think? I'm just some witch and I'm evil. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to understand like what's going on with me. Right. Um, I'm just trying not to say why I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so I read Walking on Eggshells 
it's about like borderline personality disorder and my mom like flip shit and then said the same thing like I don't want to live in the past weird because it's like you just like set up camp there and you just will forever stay there and I will never be able to live down anything from any period of my childhood so like it's really interesting how in some relationships the rules only apply in certain cases mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. was that a good segue yeah that's a really I think good that's segue. a really good <laughs> that's a really good segue yeah, yeah, so marriage. What I what I learned from like my upbringing too, and and as a means to not repeat it, right? Also a good segue, um, was that my mom was she. So my mom was adopted, um, and she never got to meet her parents, which she really wanted to. She really wanted to meet her dad, but her dad died when she was four. She recently found that out. So she always had that abandonment issue, you know, and I'm not going to call it daddy issues, but it she had the lack of a paternal figure in her life, right? Even though my grandparents were absolutely incredible, she still knew she was adopted and she had some for sure trauma happen when she was zero to 18 months. She was adopted by my grandparents at 18 months. My grandmother was 38 when she adopted my mom, so she had already, you know, achieved a lot. My grandfather was around the same age. He had like three kids from a previous marriage. But she never was able to um, identify and overcome the issues from her past. So what does she do? She brings that into every relationship that she ever had, right? And she sought validation from maybe not the best sources. So she marries my dad, which is so ironic, which my dad passed away in 2021. Um, But my dad fell in love with who is now my stepmom in high school, but he didn't marry her. He married my mom instead. Can I say one thing on your mom? Yeah. Like, so you were talking about she didn't kind of handle, resolve the things. You have to see yourself as like a computer with coding. So everybody's computer is coded differently. Right. And they value different inputs differently. Right. And it's like, unless you're aware of that formula and the coding. True. It's going to be the one like, you'll think you're making the decision. No, 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 no. True. Your reactions, your emotions. If Everything. you're listening to the loudest voice in your head. Yeah. It is not you making the decision. Right. It is your coding. Right. And we talk about that, the and, loud voice. And the your internal tapes, right? Like yeah. whatever's playing in your head all the time, that's you know, you that's what's controlling you. Yeah. So um with their marriage, they got divorced when I was five and there was a lot of drug use. They were so young. They were nineteen. And my dad was twenty. He was in the military. I was born in Germany. They moved back here. They have me and my brother. They get divorced. My mom was a single mom for a really long time. And then she got remarried when I was in like eighth grade. And she stayed with my stepdad for 20 years. So, um, but that doesn't mean that just from getting married that all of the issues were resolved, right? The problems were still there and they are still there now. So our relationship is really strained. I haven't talked to her since before my baby was born. So before March of this year. Um, and I too have been in therapy like the entirety of my life. And it's so funny that you mentioned how you and your mom went to therapy together. My mom would drop us off at therapy because she didn't feel like she was involved with any of the issues that we were currently enduring. <laughs> so like, I can't admit fault, right? I'm not going to admit that I did anything wrong. Like you, you think, guys go to therapy because there's something wrong with you. Clearly. I think sometimes people in situations view the people around them as like tools like they love you they care about you you're their child but like hey right. you're supposed to do this right 
Like, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And if you're not doing that thing, like, hey, this is what you're supposed like, you're not. You're the broken. Power drill you need to fix this. Yeah. Right. Why aren't you doing the thing that I want you right. to do? And you're not doing it. You're, you're a you're direct all, reflection what of What is me. fucked up? Like, right. why are you so fucked up? Why can't you listen? Why are you dumb? It's, we joke about it now. I know. But like. Because we have to. Because if those, you don't deflect with humor, yeah. how do you cope? Those, well, the therapy piece. That's, that's I know. the. I'm, I'm mostly being facetious, but still, as yeah. I, as I aged, you know, from eight, nine, ten, I think the first time I went to therapy was like right around that same, same age. But, you know, it was because of my dad or because of this or because of that. And, you know, their cycle was she was borderline personality. So she's, you know, love me, love me, love me. But you're never going to truly love me because I'm the one who's affected. I'm the afflicted one. And then even if someone does try to love you, you're not going to truly communicate your your needs and wants and what you need from them. So it's just a, a cycle, right? My dad, on the other hand, never... I don't want to say his mom was a narcissist, but she, by the time it was time for her to be done having kids, she got pregnant with my dad. So she did not want to have a fourth baby. She has the fourth baby, finds out her husband is cheating on her. My dad is born. She had been taking, have you seen Requiem for a Dream? Yep. The old lady? Yep. That was my grandmother. She took him the whole time she was pregnant with my dad. Oof. So then my dad later on in life gets a fucking meth dependency and is addicted to crystal meth for 12 years genetically speaking it was probably like a, the missing puzzle piece right because his mother took speed the entire time she was pregnant with him well yeah but i also think too just in my personal experience with that i think what we're talking about is someone is left with the net effect that they're not good enough right like when like when we've been talking about oh yeah so yeah for sure so he's feeling that right like my dad so you're set up because if you're not taught how to regulate your emotions, right? If you're not taught how to like not ride the wave, if you're not given good tools to like be able to respond, react, reflect, right? right. You're not able to sort out this stuff. Right. And if it all gets lumped in together in situations where there's enough negative data points, right? You start carrying this thing around where you you learn a melody and the melody is like that you suck. Right. right. I know that it's oversimplified, but But it's that's music. exactly what it is. It's and just, if you don't understand something, you can't oversimplify it, which yeah. is exactly what you've done. Yeah. So which is for both of them. So like this is the cycle, right? And then I'm the go between, right? Between my two parents, my one my dad who chooses to, you know, be depressed and sleep in bed all day, and then my mom who's, you know, really really trying to make it and genuinely thinking that she's doing everything that she can. And I just see this pattern, right? And then I also see that my mom is like you know, that that image of you've probably seen it on Facebook where the mom has like the tongue into the child and the and the child is using their tongue to berate someone else. So like that's what I saw, you know, mm -hmm. like it was always like the kids are fucking up or, you know, she's it's it's un misdirected anger. Right. Because the, there's she, something on that. So I kind of realized this once all anger, like in anytime you're angry at somebody else, you're just redirecting self anger. Oh, yeah. Or like, like and like you're mad. They may have done something. It's but called you're kicking mad. the dog. Psychologists call it kicking the dog. Yeah, like yeah. you're mad that you trusted this person when you know you shouldn't have, and then they did it, and then now you're angry. It's like, are you really angry at them? No, or are you you're mad at you. Yeah, right. But also, and the same thing that happens in like the family dynamic is like, you know, the mom's mad at the dad, but the mom can't tell the dad she's mad at him, so she's gonna go yell at the kids, and then the kids are mad at their mom, but they can't tell mom that they're mad at the 
that the mom, so they're going to go kick the dog, you know? So, like, it, it's a trickle effect. It goes all the way down. But in, anyway, so this is the dynamic that was my parents. So I'm the go-between, you know, when, when mom, and that was the other shittiest part was just, like, the money, right? Like, I was parentified in that situation. So, like, mom's like, you need to call your dad and ask him where my child support is. And my dad's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and my dad's like, fuck your mom. Like, I'm not, fuck her, whatever. So that's the whole thing there. So then, <laughs> so in the history of relationships, that's just like, you know, just a one up. Like I just really just, you know, hit the ground running to find men who are healthy for sure. Oh, <laughs> you're talking to me? Good gosh. So I think um, that's why it's so important because we need to understand like, that's why I love that book. Like what happened to you? Yeah. Because it, it's, it's about figuring out what was going on in your environment. How does that affect you now? What is your motivation going to be? Does your brain value the things that it should the way that it should? Right. Right. So the more I have one thing tattooed on my body and it says, know thyself. And it took me 34 years to actually get You got committed. a tattoo? Oh, hundred percent. Okay, yeah. sweet. Um, my tattoo says love and learn. It's very, uh, good. Yeah. Move on, positive things and get better. Exactly. I think so. The the whole big thing we're talking about is like the therapy piece. The, what I love, I talk to a therapist now. Her name is Ashley. Shout out Ashley. Shout She's out. Amazing. Um, you have to tell her that you shouted her out on a podcast. Oh, she already knows. Yay. Like if I told her I did a podcast about therapy, she'd freak out. She's yeah. So, um, when I was I was when I was married, right? I you know the marriage got crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So we're just a couple of divorcees at this table. I have one under my belt. Yeah, I have one. Yeah. So we're tied. Hopefully, you have. Let's keep it right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Say, okay that's it. Right? <laughs> all right. So um, we've been talking about all this childhood stuff because I now know what I because I wasn't aware that certain things were red flags and unhealthy and not normal because I didn't really have that knowledge in, in a the, relationship in a relationship in a romantic relationship romantic relationship so in friendships too but yeah friendship I never had a healthy dynamic I never had a healthy model for a you know sure a romantic relationship so I didn't see some of the red flags right because now I know, you know, after some of the, yeah, after a very long, long and arduous journey, which is, I'm so glad that I went through. Right. right? So grateful. I understood that I was seeking out what I was used to, despite my thoughts about my childhood, despite my, how angry I was at my mom for not being there for me, yeah. despite how mad I was at my dad for leaving, right? Like all of that stuff, despite all of that. You like, always resort back to your highest level of training. This is your highest level of training. This is what not, you're used to. Yeah, and if you're not aware of the cycle, you'll repeat it. For sure. And so getting into a situation where now now I'm with somebody that is my equal, right? Like we're on the same playing field. So I'm thinking like, awesome, we can communicate. I can bring all my skills to the table. I realized one of the most important pieces of a relationship is – Hey, like there's three buckets, right? This is what you're, this is what you love about me, right? This is what brings you to the table. Okay. These are all the amazing things you love about me. This is the stuff that you're just not jazzed about. 
right? Like, hey, nobody's perfect, not jazzed bucket. And then the third bucket is, what am I willing to work on so that you and I can be a good team? Right? Like, here's where I'm able to be flexible. Here's the things that I'm willing to, like, invest and work on. Okay. And in the not jazz bucket, these are things that are... Just you're not perfect, right? You okay. may, you may like. These are just the things that I do that bother you. Yeah, you may have a really annoying laugh sometimes, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> if, Never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. My dad always says, like, hey, if that's the worst thing, right, I'm having a good day. It's really not that. Bad. Yeah. It's so not that bad. Yeah. Understand your partner is not going to be perfect. So what are you talking about? They're supposed to be perfect. And so I think, in the relationship, right, in the marriage, it's my job to affirm the things that I love about you. Mm-hmm. It's my job to try to find the imperfections about the things that, you know, to, to like the imperfections, right? Yeah. You like to both. see you, right. to see you as this beautiful, complex person, right. right. That is sometimes funny, sometimes crazy. Like y- you have to appreciate the entirety of the whole, right? right. So you have to love the second without bucket. the good, without the bad doesn't come the good. Yes. Right. And it's all one person that'll come up here in a sec. And then the third is, Hey, this is the stuff that I'm willing to invest and work on. I recognize here's my normal reaction to the situation. I know this reaction isn't what I really want to do. So I'm kind of going against what I, the person I woke up this morning wanting to be. Okay. So I'm going to create an action plan. I'm going to have, try to be aware of this. I'm going to try to exit the freeway, you know, sooner next time. Okay. Right. While I'm still in control. All right. I realized I was in a relationship with somebody that had bucket one. And didn't give a shit about any anything else. <laughs> you mean you were in a relationship with the perfect person? Is oh, that what you're saying? Yes. They didn't make any mistakes. Yeah. And so, they only wanted to talk about the things that they were good at. That's what and they the only, things that you were bad at. Yeah. They oh. only wanted the light to shine on the stuff that they loved about themselves because, and this was a result of her childhood. Like, okay, we've, we've used a word a lot here. Like the, you know, narcissist, we've used that word a lot. Um, the best way that I heard it described. So I, I get married, right? Um, first I want to talk, I want to kind of yeah. back up cause I kind of want to paint the picture of sure. the courting period because so you and I were, we became friends in 2018. Yep. We were hanging out with like your friends. You hung out with some of my friends. You went on dates with some of my friends. Yeah. You went on Two dates with one of my friends. Two dates with some of my friends. Yeah. I like fixed you up with my friends. Do you forget about this? Do yeah, I need to remind you? Show me a photo. I'm telling you after. Okay, good. I'm not bringing it up on here. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Okay, good, good. It wasn't bad, but it's just going to derail. I'm just drawing a blank and, you know, I'm a bit out of it, so we're good. Do you want me to say it? I can no, say no, no, no. Don't. Okay. Don't. All okay. right, good. Um, so you and I were friends. You were, and don't get, don't get me wrong, you're so it. fun. You're the funnest, the fucking funnest. But I will say, and this is just us being friends and you can banter back and forth. Yeah. I know. I'm not, I'm prefacing this for the listeners, not for you, because I know you can handle it. You're a fucking party animal. Like you are the fucking party god. Like I was like, and I'm a mom at this point, right? So like we go out and we're hanging out with all of your friends, which all of your friends are very wealthy. So like I didn't know that's what I was coming into because I was like, you know, because I grew up, I grew up really poor, and I really worked my way into where I'm at now, which is comfortable. Yeah. I'm not wealthy by any means. Yeah. But like, I didn't realize we were playing on that level, kind of thing. So we go out, we're having fun. I didn't pay for anything. Everything was paid for. I was yeah, just like, never. What the f- where the fuck are we at? <laughs> well, that's. I mean, so you mentioned something that's really important. Okay, 
I was the party animal. You were. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. So. Because you're the like least rich one in the group. I don't know. No, not even close. Okay. So when I was in high school in Houston, right, we were high schoolers and we started drinking. I thought that the point of alcohol when I was in high school was Mm -hmm. that you were supposed to drink until you threw up. Dude, that's me. Hold on. That's when you knew you'd had enough alcohol. That's me. Yeah. So this is really, really important, especially for anybody that's like, I want to bring up addiction because that's super important. Please bring it. It's so important to have a good relationship with yourself. Yes. Okay. In every aspect. Just wait. If you don't like the other guy, you have no problem fucking destroying him. I know. Like the, it makes, it gives me goosebumps. I have... In trying to chase the thing that I needed, you go the most roundabout way, mm-hmm. right? Like as opposed to being, hey, this is what I need. Right. Let me take some action plans to like actually do that. And it's probably going to be difficult and messy because I'm going to have to be consistent and keep working at it. Or I can go try to, you know, drugs, alcohol, girls, totally. women, whatever it is to try to fill that void. Yeah. I'm going right? to numb myself until I get there. But you don't even feel you deserve to to be okay. Right. So it's always going to be a bottomless pit. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I love fun. Don't get me wrong. I do love fun, but I think one of the reasons why that became a big part of my life was because I was getting specific things out of it that I needed, but it was also at my detriment. What were you getting out of it? Validation. I'm around people that like and love me. I feel like I'm okay. part of a tribe. I feel included, okay. right, with certain people. Gender, I'm able to go out. It. If I'm talking to some girl, like, the thing that I've been looking for was, like, the love of my mom my entire life. I know. You've been seeking this forever. Yeah. So what it became was, like, hey, how do I get somebody to like me? Right. And is it, hey, I'm being the most genuine and honest version of myself? No. Or is my goal, I mean, yes, I'm being, like, I care about them and I have positive feelings for them. Sure. But am I slightly tweaking the script to get a different outcome? Like sure. I became the manipulator. Right. Right. I was about to say you were manipulating the situation to get course, what you wanted. Of course. And so that was a really, really big, important piece. And I think unless – that's why I say it's so important to have that relationship with yourself because if not, you're perfectly okay destroying the other guy. Yeah. And like I'm lucky that I was able to talk to people and have other people in my life go through experiences where I saw what the end of that road was yeah. and like kind of caught some of the early signs. Another good way to like segue back to kind of what we've been talking about. Yeah. The coding, the programming, the childhood were not responsible for, right? When do you become responsible though? Because I was the same. Like when you say you were the party guy, like I was – so. But where we differ was when I went out with you that night, it was like, oh, this is what this is who I was when I was 21. But the difference between you and I is I got pregnant yeah, and I wasn't I and this is for everybody to know. I've talked about this before. So when I was 21, I got pregnant and the guy was 35. He already had a 10 year old. Oh, yeah, bro. This. Mm-hmm, oh, yeah. He already had a 10 year old. And, and then the first time we got pregnant, I was like. I'm not, I'm like, I, I can't do this. So then we get pregnant again and I keep the baby and we place her for adoption because I was like, I cannot go through what I went through previously. Yeah. So that then is like 
the pivotal moment for me, right? That was when I was I was no longer the fucking drunk girl who would go home with anybody. I was no longer the party animal. I was no longer the one who was like living for the party, living for the alcohol, living for that type of validation. Yeah. That was like my pivotal moment when I turned the page. So when We're I went out, to escape. Oh, for sure, yeah. from everything. Yeah, all gas, no brakes. All gas, twenty four seven. Okay. Do you know how many times I had, I drove this 1997 GMC Sierra, okay, fucking work truck. That was my high school car. Yeah. My mom's old truck because, of course, she had to drive a fucking lesbian vehicle. So I drive this truck and I was bartending. So the epitome of, you know, sexy, young, fun, alcoholic. So I had a radio in that truck. Do you know how many times I got stolen because I would leave my car in random parking lots? Like, yeah, like just shit like that. Like those were all the things that I went through. So when you and I went out that night, I was like, oh, wow, this is like very reminiscent of me 10 years ago. Like this is some shit that I would have done when I was in my debauchery days. But don't get me wrong. It was so fucking fun. Yeah, we do have a lot of fun. And I feel like you mentioned my friend group. I the reason I love them so much is because they're such good men, but we do have fun and we do balance it out, right? Like Oh yeah, they're get not the job bad. Done. Good husbands, good fathers, good guys. Um Well, they're now good husbands, good and good fathers. Before back then they were like fun. Yeah, we had a single phase. The most fun. And and and, and that's the whole point. The biggest turning point for me honestly was when I met the friend group that I have in Dallas. Because you're once you start surrounding yourself by people who have who got what they needed when they were growing up and mm-hmm. like do believe in themselves yeah. and like are emotionally supported by their family, they're able to kind of give you a better metric. And on those days where yeah. you're just like bashing yourself, yeah, like soup, like I mean, never, I'm not gonna name <laughs> Okay, you have people that are like that step in and they're like, bro, what, what are you? What, talking why are you about? doing this? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Okay. That's what therapy is, is like I told Ashley when I started seeing her, I was like, I just want to pay you to make sure I'm not crazy. Your therapist. Shout out, Ashley. Shout Um, out. (laughs) I said, hey, look, I'm just paying somebody to make sure I'm not crazy. Like this is what I'm thinking in my head. What do you think about it? Right. What'd she say? It's – I mean we just joke around. It's like our laugh. Okay. But it's about understanding like why you think the way that you think. Yeah. Because realistically I would be like people don't peep – People don't pay people to tell them that they're not crazy. But if you never tell anybody else, right, you never give anybody the opportunity to let you know like, oh, my God, April, why would you think that about yourself? Like, what are you – like, what are you doing? So if you never tell your friends like – But your friends are healthy. Yeah. Right. It doesn't even matter if they're healthy or not. If you are in a bad spot, right, we all try to give the love to each other that we needed for ourselves. So if somebody doesn't feel loved, if I don't feel loved, right, yeah. and you tell me like, oh, my God, I'm having the worst day. I feel like I'm such a piece of shit. I don't even think I should be a mom. Oh, my God, shut up. You're the so f- amazing. <laughs> exactly, because I'm going to try to give right. you what you need what I and what you've needed. Exactly, which right. is why it was such a big thing for me. So all I'm trying to say, this is like mental health and also guys, give somebody the opportunity to just like, hey, let you know if you're on point or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think I've had two friends, both guys, both I've played rugby with, lost to suicide. And like one of them was a vet, had some PTSD stuff. And the other one um, literally had what we would consider the perfect life from the outside. And it's like – From the outside. 100%. I know. And so 
when I was in my dark place, when mm-hmm. I was going through my marriage and things were very, 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 very bad. You can say it. Yeah. So like what, what compounded it, right? We talked about the story and the melody that you learn early on, yeah. right? That you're not good enough, that you're probably going to fail, that you don't have everything that you need, that you're incomplete. Your right? internal tapes, what plays in your mind all the time. Yeah. Okay. It's a melody that you learn early on. And because you're used to the melody, instead of your mom singing vocals, Mm -hmm. then you just start singing vocals. Mm -hmm. And what human beings make the mistake of is they think that that is them. They think that that loud, criticizing, judgy voice in their head is them. That is not you. Right. That's your ego. Right. That's the self-defense mechanism. Like anytime you are trying to judge another person, it's because you feel insecure. Right. Like you're trying to reestablish, your ego is trying to reestablish itself by putting somebody else down. Right. Guess what happens to that muscle when nobody else is around? I don't know what. You'll eat yourself alive because you're teaching yourself to judge. Which so is then like, what, what happens when you don't have anybody else to blame? So unhealthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And exhausting. Yeah. Like how much energy does it take to be judging other people all the time or yeah. also like hold grudges or whatever? Yeah, like let that shit so go. much. A, a great phrase I heard recently was let them. Ugh. Who is that? What is her name? Um, She's the really popular. No, it's not her. It's the other one. Um, She has glasses and she recently put a like a video. Blonde. Out of, yes. I know you know who I'm talking about. about. Yeah. I let just em. listened to her stupid let podcast. Them. I can't remember let it who go. it was. And if they show you, let them. If they show you who they are, let them. Believe If they're going to be mean to you, like, that is who they are. So this is a super good segue. So (laughs) we we know the backstory. We know kind of what my blinders were for, right? Different types of behavior. Right. I think I was looking for— Oh, so I asked you. I said, how did your relationship start? So we went out. We had fun, whatever. I then start dating. Uh, we went out in 2019 with your friends, and then I met my now husband in January of 2020. So from that, when did you meet your ex- now ex-wife? I think about March of 2020. 20. I want to say like 2019, maybe. You did. You yeah. You guys started right. dating like in the middle of 2019. Yeah, we yeah. got yeah, and then we were married probably a year and a half later. It, it, what was difficult at first was because I met somebody that checked off all the boxes, like all the boxes. And like, I, Hey, for some reason I'm gravitate, I gravitate towards independent women that don't need me, and you like know, like really successful. Yeah. I, I, I'm only satisfied for with some the reason. Really? Yeah. You have no, really not even, a, not even the, <laughs> yeah. It, so yeah. how do you feel about dating a secretary? So <laughs> this is the best thing about this, right? Is what I love when we have conversations like this is being able to understand how I've come full circle Mm -hmm. to like, know that like, Hey, this is what you wanted. But now because you kind of know what's going on in the background, you're actually able to make better decisions and more decisions because you're not going off of what the coding and programming is trying to get you to do. Right. Like you get to be, you get to take a pause and like, and take a a step back as yourself. Right. Be in control. Um, so we start dating. Um, how'd you guys meet? An app? Through Hinge. Okay, Hinge. cool. So we I met on Matt date. on Bumble. Yeah, she's super smart, traveled, funny, well-rounded. Knows really how to smart. Do a bunch of stuff. Very uh, successful. Very successful. And so we were deemed as society as one of the best, one of the elite. And she, she really is though. She works her ass off, right? Right to to be where she is, right? It's but we're not talking about her professionally. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. So <laughs> we met. Well, yeah. <laughs> there were certain things in the the relationship that I should have been more aware were red flags, right? Because it's like, 
how do we handle conflict? How do we communicate? Yeah. What does the communication sound like? And because I grew up in an environment where somebody would get mad and let it fly for 37 minutes, like you'd sit down and be present to a TED talk of like why you suck. Like that's what I was used to. So that when that happened in the relationship, like I, like I was like, yeah, well, she's angry and I made her angry. So like, this is okay. She's communicating her emotions. Like, You've this been is, conditioned. This is healthy, right? Like, for this to be okay. Yeah. And, and the fact that she's, this is how f- fucked up I was. My thoughts in that situation are, oh, well, at least she's still, at least she's yelling at me. So I'm still important enough to be yelled at. Well, at least she's communicating her, her issues with me by screaming in my fucking face. Yeah. So yeah. It, well, and I, I screamed too, right? So this is why. Yeah, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Right. Seeing some of those dynamics that were missing, but you have such a great person that has so much. Then I just told myself, hey, guess what, Ben? Just like every other situation you've been in, like you'll be able to adapt. You'll survive. But you'll did make this it person have so much or did the relationship have so much? I think I saw us as like we would have made the best sand beach volleyball team. Like I was, this was my mindset. I've got offense, you've got defense. No, no, no. This was my mindset in our marriage, okay? (laughs) Every discussion that we have should sound like we're Olympic athletes in competition. We don't have time to go through the blame and tell each other. We're not a partnership, we're competing? No, 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 no. We're on a team. This is uh, double sand volleyball, Yeah. okay? Yeah. So in the game, it's like, hey, maybe next time could we try this instead? Is that okay? Oh. Awesome. Boom. Okay. And then we're right back in it. All right. Hey, by the way, th- we cannot do that because if so, I'm not going to be able to make it back from practice. Is that – are you cool there? Okay, awesome. Okay. I'm not blaming you. I'm not judging you. We're out here trying to win. Right. Right? No, like, I'm cool with this. This is good. Yo, it's great. It also reminds me of like work, but okay. Well, it, the whole point is like there's no value in – like blaming the other person and creating oh, all this yeah, damage yeah. and having all this negative talk. Are you saying this is talk. your perspective or? My perspective on okay. what a communication and a healthy relationship should sound like. Okay. okay. Day in, day out for the most part is okay. we're on a team. We're both trying to win. For sure. There's no value in me telling you why I think you're bad. It's just, hey. We're both trying to achieve the same goal. What's okay. the solution? Right. I don't need to tell you 30 minutes why you're the problem. Right. Yeah, just what's the solution? Okay. All right. I can get down with this. Yes. I was confused. I'm sorry. Continue. No, that's good. So- that's what I think it should be like. Same. Yeah. And, then, and like a smack on the ass every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Can I get a good job? Yes. Can I get a good job? So <laughs> there were things that came up, like we said, we did marriage, you know, marriage counseling before you get married or whatever it is. Oh, premarital counseling. Premarital counseling. Wow, you did that and you still got married. So the, yeah, because I thought that we had a line <laughs> yeah. in so many ways. It was beyond imagination, which is f- Fucking, this is why it's therapy will hit you like a brick. It was beyond imagination to me that I could be in a relationship with someone that would think that there is no part of themselves that they need to do anything different in order to be a better partner for me. Right. Like there's zero, zero grounds or zero room for improvement. Zero, zero, like the fact that they'll even acknowledge that there's room for improvement. Right. To be like, I could have done something better is like, excuse me, what? But that's exactly what I was raised with, kind of, you know? And so, I just walked right into this situation because I wasn't really fully aware of the motivations, why I didn't see this coming, what a healthy relationship looks like. And so our fights started to get bad, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I talk for a living. I do sales. I'm pretty good at conversations and remembering things. Really? Like, I don't think the listeners could tell that by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not even a little bit. How far, what time is it? <laughs> We've even got 
God, it's already that late. I know. An hour 15, so we'll move quick. So you're terrible at talking. I'm we don't have decent. to move quick. Okay, good. You I keep like, going. Yeah, you're we're, good. We're doing some good stuff here. Okay, I'm just so, saying you are a great conversationalist. Great conversationalist. Yes. And conflict resolution is my strong suit. Like, I had to learn how to box with my hands tied behind my back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, being in a situation where you have one parent who's running the show, you're the nine-year-old kid. I know. Right? So, like, conflict resolution, and they're okay throwing bricks. Right. Like. <laughs> you're like, fucking Bob and Weave, bitch. <laughs> Bob and Weave. And throw a duck in there, too, while you're at yeah. it. Yeah. So, fuck it. So, like, I couldn't, I couldn't navigate, I couldn't help us navigate the space. And I had a long-term relationship, seven years. Um, can't, could not say anything better about that person. Yeah, you did like, have a long-term relationship. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, and so that was in college. Yeah. Being around her family was one of the first times I ever really felt loved mm. for who I was. So nice. So nice. I still, her mom wrote me a birthday card this year. That's so Right? Sweet. And we've been yeah. broken up for like eight or nine years. Right. <laughs> um, that was a healthy dynamic. Right. We started out as friends. We tried to solve problems together. Sometimes we would fight, but we both wanted the relationship to to be there. Right. right? Yeah. I have to be totally honest with myself. I had never had the chance to to be single or run wild. And I thought that I needed to have that. Sure. And I also didn't trust myself to be successful long term. I thought I was just doomed to be a failure. Yeah. And I I, I knew this person wanted me to step up mm -hmm. and like be the person that they were looking for because mm -hmm. that's what they wanted. Yeah. And I, in my gut, was just like, yeah, you're probably going to fuck it up. You should just get out of the way. Right. Now, luckily, we broke up. She went on two dates, met a great guy. They have their second baby on the way, like super happy. You know, I can't say enough good things. Right. So when, I met, when you met me, right, I was in my wild and crazy phase. I associate that with my self-destructive behavior, yeah, right? For sure. Um, super fun, though. Not to be misconstrued. I know. It yeah. sucks. Look, it, it starts sucks. Look, it starts out as fun. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my fucking life? Ask yourself the question why like four times. Right. Like, what am I doing this? Why? Why? Okay, well, why? 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 Um so <laughs> I had decided, I'm empty inside. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, so I heard a really good quote. This is something that I think both you and I kind of deal with. Theo Vaughn, right? The, the philosophical best. Theo Vaughn. So good. The Rat King. He goes, like, I thought that self-love, right, caring about myself was, like, telling you, like, how I was hurt, right, and showing you how I was hurt, right? Because it's like, I have to acknowledge these things, and, I like, people need to know this about me. Like, this is how I was hurt. Right. Self-love is literally trying to, to, like, okay, now what am I going to do to, like, work on it? Exactly. Like, yeah. I think for the longest time, I just identified as, like, the victim. Sure. Right? The damaged one. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was the story. Yeah. That was the story I told and myself. It's and really it's really cool in. to, like, keep going with that storyline and make all these excuses as to why you're you're going down this shitty fucking path or why you're having this erratic behavior or whatever because, but I'm hurt. I'm the hurt one. So there's, there's two things that I have with this. Um, one is... A great thing is is a combination of just a bunch of small decisions, mm -hmm. small, well-made decisions. For sure. I think at the ones and twos, if we have the ability to take all of the head junk out, all the stuff that we bring into the day. Like when you woke up this morning, there is something that you brought with you today that doesn't necessarily need to be here. 
right? It's the for sure the fight that you're still holding on to. It's right. the thing that you think about. It's the you're so pissed because school's coming out and you have to see that one, you know, like whatever that shit is. Yeah. It's like you have to learn how to like let that go or else it's always going to be influencing your decisions. For sure. So we have the personal responsibility there to like, hey, let me sort some shit out. The second is, and this was really important for me understanding my relationship and how hard I was going out of my way to try to fill needs the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So like I was doing something that was a little bit self-destructive, right? I was kind of partying too hard or doing something that, you know, it's okay. I probably shouldn't have whatnot. And I was telling my mentor, I was like, no, it's cool. Like I got it under control. I feel like you said that you have said that a lot in your life. Yeah. Uh, no, it's cool. And, 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 and I, I honestly felt like, no, it's cool. Yeah, I'm like in control. You felt like it was okay. Yeah and, yeah. and I made it out unscathed. Right. Right. Um, well not all the time, but most times, <laughs> most days. My mentor looked at me and he goes, you think that you're in control? Right. He's like, no, you are tied up in the the trunk right now. Mm -hmm. And like your, you can call it your addiction, your like lizard brain, like whatever the coding and programming is, is driving the bus. Right. When my marriage started to get really, really tough, right? I had started to notice that the fights invoked emotions in me Mm -hmm. and that my emotions were driving the bus. So like- I would be stressed about something and then I would try to talk to my ex about like, hey, this is something that I want to talk to you about what you're doing. Yeah. When in reality, I'm probably stressed about something that I can control and manage. But like, Mm. hey, I need to get some sort of relief. So let's focus on you. Sure. Right? Ooh, that's good. 90% of your effort in the marriage should be focused on what you're doing. How did you come to that realization? What do you mean? That I was trying to avoid it? That you were – you're again – Kicking the dog, right? You're taking out your issue that you aren't able to resolve over here on your marriage or on your relationship. The answer to most of the questions that you would ask me like that is therapy. Because I'm stressed, I'm not dealing with my emotions, I'm in a relationship where somebody is holding up a mirror to me, right? So that there is another set of eyes Mm -hmm. on this human being. For sure. So I can't keep up a facade. No, you can't fake it anymore. I'm getting raw data points. Yeah. And so because I'm in – because I react out of an emotional state – Right? Yeah. The best advice I ever got, okay? If you are ever having a fight with your spouse, Mm -hmm. okay, don't ever say out loud what the loudest voice in your head is in the fight. If anything, don't even listen to the loud voice in your head. Right? Like, let's have a fake fight. Sure. Right? So, hey, April, I just wanted to, I really wanted to talk to you. Are we having a healthy fight or a shitty fight? Uh, Let's say I'm cool with a shitty fight. Let's go shitty fight, Mm. right? I'm going to talk to you about something. Cool. Okay. Bring it. So it's like, I'm going to try to talk to you about something. Hey, you know, you said that you were going to help out at doing more laundry this week, but I feel like you've been kind of leaving me, you know, you've been leaving me hanging. Is this something that we could work on like next week or can you, hey, just try to make it a priority for me? I am me? so busy. Like I just do not have time to work on any of that stuff. Like I can't believe that you're even coming to me about this right now. Like, okay. So pause. Here's, I'm going to tell you what I think in my head and then I'm going to tell you what I would actually say. Okay. It's like, she fucking thinks that she's busy. I'm, I literally have been working five days this week. I'm also dropping the kids off at volleyball. Like you think you're fucking busy. I'm fucking fucking busy. busy, Okay. Like that right there is the loud voice in your head that you should not say that's your ego. And if you are ever having a fight with your spouse, don't ever fucking say that voice out loud. How about this? If you even get to that point, now what I know, Mm -hmm. hey, you said something that's made me react. 
Okay. Sure. So before I do anything, April, you know what? Hey, I understand that you're busy. Let's find some time to talk about that. Is it okay if we take a timeout like really quick and we can kind of come back in about 15 minutes? Totally. Because I know that I'm about to say something that's going to do more damage to this relationship. Like you and I are building a bridge every single day. Do you really genuinely honestly feel like when you're in the heat of the moment that you're going to have the self-control to do that? So there's a couple (laughs) things that go into that. I love the the pause that you paused. Fights are like driving on a freeway. Mm -hmm. You know where the fight is going to go. Mutual destruction. Right. Like you know. Yeah. Right? Um, so the first thing is understanding what makes you step on the gas. There's going to be some things that you could hit me, right? There'll be some Mm -hmm. pain points that I'm fully aware of For sure. that if you press even in unintentionally, my foot is going to the floor. All right. So you have to be aware of those things. Game on, bitch. (laughs) Two, you need to be aware of what a fight should sound like. Mm-hmm. And when you're starting to get off of that model, right? So really important things to look at tone, yep. volume, sure. word choice. Yeah. Okay. When I, if there's something that I want to talk to my spouse about, I always think it's good to take the idea and kind of put it off to the side for like a day, at least 24 hours. Okay? okay. Don't tell your spouse everything you think that they need to fix. Wait 24 hours. If it's still important, awesome. We can start, you know, focusing on it. And then I try to think about the problem and like, hey, what's going on? What else do they kind of have behind the scenes that's maybe like affecting the problem? What am I doing that's maybe contributing to it? And if I can kind of put together what I call like a good causal mechanism, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier because it's like, hey, April, I feel like we haven't really been connecting like for our quality time. I know that you're working really hard at, you know, that project at work. And I know that, you know, with the kids being home for summer, like we're all hands on deck. So I totally understand that. Could we maybe find like an hour next week where we can like turn off our phones and it's just you and me? Cause I really need some of that quality time with you. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Can, like, can you help me, you know, can we work on that? We're both in sales. So sure. we both fucking listen to people for a living. Sure. Right. And then we configure their conversation around their needs. Yep. So you really feel like in an argument, you're going to be able to talk to me like you're my fucking boss, right? Well, no, no, it, we should talk to each other like we're on the same team. Exactly. We're beach volleyball players. But when you when you speak like that, I feel like you're not a peer. I feel like you're a superior. Okay. Okay. And what would make you think that I was speaking? Oh, like how I diagnosed that problem? Yes. Made you feel Okay, so then that's right. an important thing to to communicate about. Right. Cuz you're like, "Hey, Ben, I can understand that you put a lot of thought into that, right. but the way that you said that literally makes me feel like you're talking down to me. I feel like you're speaking to me right now in corporate speak. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I guess that's the way that I try to organize the problem. So then, And it's not bad. I'm yeah. just saying personally. But So this is the important piece on relationships because then I need to know that you need to tell me that. Right. So that I can go like, hey, no, here's, what, here's why I think about it. What's something that I could do better back. next time? I'm going to circle back on this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, what's something that I could do better next time you're so, so that I can. You're, you're doing it again. Yeah. You're still doing it. <laughs> oh. You're like, I don't know how not to do it. I'm just fucking. I'm, I've just I'm, been in a professional setting my exactly, entire life. Exactly. 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 Yeah. And we're like my, my comfort zone is like a very informal setting where we use like bad words and we don't necessarily use the proper speak. But when I'm at work, I know how to do that. The reason I talk so cadenced like that Mm -hmm. is because I am holding back my emotion. Like I'm angry as fuck. I want to yell at you right now, 
but that's not the guy that I'm going to be. So my way of controlling restraint. my okay. way of controlling it is, and I'm I'm gonna check my fucking tone because I can sound like an asshole. Really? I'm not trying to be patronizing. So it's like, <laughs> in in situations like that where you do feel that anger bubbling up, yeah, the there is space between your reaction and your action. For sure, that's the control. Right. So then, like the I'm too busy. Right. When you right. use that as the example earlier, yeah. I'm angry and I'm. Hey, April. You know what? There are so many things going on, and you're right. We are both busy right now. Right. Maybe let's get together later tonight and we can kind of figure out a better system so that we can manage all the responsibilities better. Sure. Can we block off like 20 minutes after dinner? Does that sound okay? Sure. Okay. I'm angry as fuck. I want to yell at you and I'm pissed off that you just told me that you were busy. But I'm not going to do that. Because what does the relationship need? It just needs a better system for managing the responsibilities and getting the stuff done. Right. And but it doesn't necessarily it, have to be emotionally charged. And if I let my ego get involved, right. that's like I work so much harder than you work. Like right. how would you tell me that you're working? Just let that shit go. go. Like, <laughs> But that's so much easier said than done, right? Because only your partner can push your fucking buttons like that, right? They get cl- You allow someone True. to get close enough to you True. that you don't have any armor. They know all of your weak points. And honestly, they know exactly the type of weapon that they would need to inflict maximum damage. Yeah, for sure. So if you're in a relationship with somebody and when it, like, this is why communication is so important to me. And in marriage counseling, I would always say that, like, in our fights, it sounds like she's throwing bricks. It wasn't like, hey, this is what I'm mad at. This is how I hurt. It's like, you're such a fucking idiot. Right, right. Like. That's completely separate from the issue at hand. Like, she's calling you stupid when we should be, like, discussing the problem that I brought to the table. Yeah. Right. And I've even had – this is how – this is how – I think uh, – I always ask people, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Right? Mine is my heart. Okay? I have a big fucking heart. And it's like being able to love someone even when they're being angry and mean. Right? Like, I have love for you – the fact that you and I are in a fight together, I'm fighting with you because I love you. Right. So like – Because if I didn't love you, I wouldn't even fight with you. Exactly. You wouldn't right. even be worth us being here, right? right. We'd have nothing worth working on because right. it doesn't matter. So like how you are when you're angry I think is how you really feel about that other person because it's like how much are you willing to control? And if you do get angry and you do yell, like are you willing to own up to it and come back the next day and be like, hey, April – I am so sorry that I yelled at you yesterday. That is not okay behavior. Do you ever get right? an apology? <sighs> okay. So <laughs> this is a great transition. Um, when I was in therapy, after one of our first marriage counselors that we went to, I loved marriage counseling. They give you so many good models to understand, hey, how do I react? So when you talked about can someone really control, you need to understand what gets you going, what's going what's gonna to trip your trigger, right? Where's right. your tripwire? Mm-hmm. You need to understand what a good, healthy model is to communicate that emotion, right? And you need to have ground rules with your partner that both of you will follow. And then you create formulas. So it's a if this, then that. If one of us yells, hey, timeout, right? And then we have a model for, hey, timeout means 15 minutes and you're not – you're not – Walking around a room, shadow boxing, getting ready to beat the shit out of your partner as soon as the bell dings. Just amping up. We're, yeah. just, we're just taking it up to the next level. You're doing something to take your mind off the fight. Okay. So that you can just come back down. 
And that's why having those little formulas in place, because some conversations are really fucking difficult and you talk about stuff that is triggering everybody. Yeah. So you need to know what healthy feels like, what non-healthy, like you need to have some bad fights before you're like, okay, let's not do that again. There's got to be a better way for us to do this. Of course. Yeah. Do you feel like you could have come to this conclusion without therapy? I highly (laughs) doubt it. So here's why. I've always been very self-aware. Yeah. But you need somebody to help understand what's self-awareness and what's self-deception. When is your brain trying to like, your brain, like I'm going to guarantee you. I know. There is something in your life where you are telling yourself a story that is not the actual reality. I know. And it could either be a good thing or a bad thing. Have you ever read The Untethered Soul? Nope. Oh my God, it's so good. You need to read it. Yeah. But yes, it talks all about that so and how the inner voice is like basically just trying to f- trip you up at every step. The power of now, ego, yeah. Right. And so it's like, can you trust yourself really? Yeah. Right. And so marriage, is count- marriage counseling is amazing because you get an independent third party to help you understand A what's going on. neutral third party. Neutral. Ugh. So you asked if I ever got apologies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, that's one thing I've learned as an adult. Here's what my partner would do. Hey- so they would say something ungodly, like somebody once said in a, a, a Instagram video, I can take anger from you. Like I can take you're stressed. I can take that you're upset. I can yeah. take all of that. What I can't accept is ill intent. Mm-hmm. Like if you're malice. trying malice, right. if you are trying to do damage. And trying to hurt me. And like I was in a relationship with somebody that like to lose the argument is tantamount to death for her. Right. And so she'll do anything to win. And, like, I was getting cement bricks thrown at my fucking head, you know, like, verbally. And she would come up. Sometimes she would apologize. Other times, like, the next day after this big fight that we didn't resolve and we went to sleep mad, she would, like, bring me a cup of coffee, okay? In her eyes. So that's, like. In her eyes, that's a reparative attempt because I know. I know That's nonverbal communication, sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, and in her eyes, that's her best option. Right. Because she's probably not going to walk over to me and be like, hey, I'm so sorry about yesterday. I said, I feel like when you and I have a fight, we take all the furniture in the house and we tip it upside down and we fucking throw the bookshelves over and we flip fucking chairs. Yeah. And then we don't talk about it. Right. So like I'm walking around this house that's god awful and I'm like, hey, should we do something about this? And she's like, just focus on you. If you want to pick it up, pick it up. Great. Like, I don't care. And so... Like that's exhausting. No shit. But <laughs> I, Mama didn't raise no quitter. You know what I'm saying? And my thought but on I marriage. I can flip this fucking furniture. Well, I'm I'm determined. <laughs> I like a good challenge. My thoughts on marriage is like we're in it for the long haul. Like I'm not just here for the good times. Like we are in it for the long haul. No wait. wait. Okay. All right. So, the apology piece. Yeah. Here's the apology I would get. Hey, April, I'm so sorry for yelling at you yesterday, but I fucking hate when you leave your shit in the driveway. Like, I've told you to do it once. I've told you to do it twice. Like, now we're fucking talking about it again. So, like, of course I'm going to get angry at you. Thanks. Thank I, you so I, much. So then I'm like, hey, um, hey, I, I know. Thanks for apologizing. I know that that wasn't easy. So thank you for that. Hey, next time, is it okay if we kind of split the apology from the reasons why you did the thing? Because it feels like... You know, it, you're, it feels like you're apologizing, but you're also kind of telling me maybe why you were right in doing it. And I know that that's not right. your intention, right? So is it okay if we split it up next time? Did you really know that that wasn't her intention? I didn't think that that was her goal, but I was also trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Sure. That's another nice. important piece in the marriage. For sure. Right? Like, right. 
don't assume malice from your partner. There are going to be times where they did mean to do X, Y, or Z. Right. But like, imagine if you're always giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. Right. Like, hey, she probably did something because she's stressed. You know, like if if I'm like, hey, April, can and you you snap at me? Yeah. If but I'm, then it's on me if I snap at you to come back and apologize to you. Hold on. For snapping. But hey, it's also your partner's job to know you and like to spend time around you and to know what you're like when you're irritable. True. Right? And to know that like April doesn't hate me, right? She She's probably just angry or stressed. So then that's a really good time okay. for me to go, hey, is there something going on? You seem right. kind of stressed okay? out. Yeah, right. like, hey, like, let's just check in. Okay. If you're not aware of that, if you don't keep that, like, the value of the good long-term goal in your head, if you don't have good systems, I'm like, did you just fucking snap at me? I asked you to pass me the <laughs> hey, goddamn creamer. Here, bitch. And then we're both <laughs> listening to the loudest voice in our head. Right. And it's a competition. And Who's responding win? based on emotion, not on facts. Exa- so, like, right. that's where I felt I was. Okay. That's where I started really diving into therapy for myself. I felt like my emotions were driving the bus. Okay. And I just said, hey, that's not who I want to be. Sure. Like, um, loved the therapy. It was a one of those ones like telehealth, you know, so we oh. do it on the phone. Okay. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, let me paint the scene. So at this time, I'm it's COVID. I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. I'm married. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm You're an extrovert. I'm an extrovert. I'm not spending time with my friends, mm-hmm. right? Um, my ex also had, you know, some thoughts about them. So she kind of tried to isolate me away. So I'm like, I'm isolated. I'm working my can off in our, you know, workout room, doing mortgages, making uh, uh, pretty good money, doing well, pretty good money. Yeah. But I'm working from seven to seven pretty much at the house. Yeah. And so things with my ex at the time weren't getting good because we weren't resolving conflicts. Right. And like every fight would open up a can of worms to three other fights that we didn't resolve. And, you know, I would get emotional and I would react. So I started going to therapy and I just told her, I was like, I just don't want to feel like my emotions are the ones driving the bus. And so that plus marriage counseling was perfect because then I have to start looking at like, why do I respond this way when this Mm -hmm. happens? Mm -hmm. Like, because it could be a different formula. Like for you, how I was trying to talk to you, like what I think is me helping the situation yeah. because of something from your past, sure. you you give it a different value. Sure. We have to know that, right? We have to communicate that. Hey, April, I love that. Is there any way we could change our tone next time? Because sometimes it makes me feel like I'm the, you're the student and you're the teacher. Yeah. I, that's not what you were going for, right? Sure. And they're like, no, of course not. Okay, cool. And then we can, you know. Yeah. Figure done. out a better game plan. Done and done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you have to be working with a full deck. You have to be, you have to have two people who are committed to communicating and understanding each other. I think that they have to be committed to investing in it. Right. That, that, like, so you don't have to know all You the don't have pl- to be perfect. But if you commit to, right. like, hey, I am going to invest in this relationship, and that means that I'm going to have to keep doing some things that I do well. I'm going to have to learn some new things, right. and I'm going to have to fix the shit that I don't do well. Right. If you're more about trying to hold together the facade that, like, no, 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 I'm already good enough as is, what you're telling your partner is that, like, hey, I'm not willing to invest for you. I'll invest for me, right? I'll I'll do this to, to be at my career. I'll do this to have this skill set. But if, if they have that take it or leave it mentality, right. it's just like, okay, but hey, you know, figure it out. It, it's not a good spot to be in. Is it? Not a good spot. So I understand that you were saying the word X a lot. So 
Yeah. So marriage I, um, counseling. Marriage counseling. Um, uh, when I, when our marriage got really bad, I was isolated. I was by myself, and we would have these terrible fights that were terrible, right? Like, and I was alone, and I felt so bad. Okay. But 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 you had like dogs and like a house. And like money. Oh, a nice house. And like in a nice part of town and a good job and a high paying job. Right. But you, on paper, everything <laughs> looks perfect. great. Oh, from right. the outside, the packaging looks fantastic. Right. So I I had this stress that I was carrying around with me every day. Right. This like not in my chest. And you know, the story I told myself as a kid was that like I'm not good enough and I'm a failure or whatnot. So then now I'm in a situation where somebody's saying those same exact things. Mm-hmm. So now I agree with them. And I'm like, shit, they're fucking right. I am a piece of shit. Right. I, I don't. I like, I'm always suck. Gonna, I, I do fucking suck. Right. And now I'm isolated, so I'm not able to, like, be around anybody else just to get a different tempo or a different sure. melody, right, or a different radio station. So I'm just listening to my bad radio. Yeah. And I'm taking these stories, and I am, like, I'm feeling these negative emotions, like I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm scared. And I'm telling myself a story about that, and then I just keep telling myself that story for weeks and weeks on end, Right. And so I needed an outlet. So I started drinking more than I've ever drank before in my life. Like, I usually don't drink too much liquor. I was drinking like I was a, about to say, what were you drinking? A, t- a 32-ounce tubbler, probably like halfway filled with ice, about five fingers of bourbon and club soda. I'd have like two or three of those and then I'd go to sleep. Jesus. Yeah. How'd you go to sleep? Well, just because alcohol does that How to was you. your sleep? Was it bad or good? I'm sure it was Everything about my life was bad. Trash. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> When we talk about addiction, we also talk about like early development, desensitization, like desensitization. De- Sensitization. Desensitization. There you go. The stress level for me was so high when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I was used to my cortisol levels through being through the roof. All the time. If you've ever heard of a book, The Body Keeps the Score, they talk it about this. Absolutely. Same does. as what happens to you. So it's like your conditioning. I'm used to having the hum of the air conditioner in my head. 24-7. So my bad attempt at solving that problem was to create a louder hum. So when people see me as like the party animal, mm-hmm. really I was just trying to step on so much gas so that the For feeling sure. of how – whether it was a good or bad yeah. was stronger than the emotion that I was feeling about myself that I wasn't dealing with. Yeah. Like that's the coping, yeah. right? And – it got so bad that I I felt hopeless. I didn't think I was ever going to get out of it. I thought I got here because I'm a failure and this is the best that I'm ever going to do. And at the best that I'm ever – the best my life is ever going to be and right. it fucking sucks. Despite all the fucking challenges that you faced and you'd achieved and all the accomplishments that you had made and at this ev- point. Everyone would – at every job I've ever worked at, everybody would tell you like I'm the happiest guy. And there. like you were like – I mean, when I met you, you were the top producer yeah. at your job Yep. consistently. Yep. I've been in like the top three at every job I've right. worked for the last 10 years. Right. Like despite so, all of this. So this is why isolation can get bad. Yeah. Because the only, it's like being in a racquetball room. And I know. It's yourself. only you talking <laughs> shit about yourself, right? So I got What suicidal. do they call that, Keith? They call that reverb. Like when you – Yes. <laughs> and so – um, I, I got suicidal. Like I, I was hopeless about the future. My life sucked. I thought that I was this big failure. When you say suicidal, what, what do you mean? You were just like, I didn't I, want to be on this planet anymore. I wanted to die. 
Yeah. Okay. I wanted to just end it. Call it quits. Um, my because brother, you didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, essentially. My life was so bad right. that, like, how, like... You're like, where's the fucking light? It's dark in here. It, I'm trying to get out. <laughs> it's not even that it's dark. Like, even if it does become light again, I'm probably just going to fuck it up. Right. Right? And, like, I believed that about myself. You were that low. And, oh, yeah. And thank God I mentioned that in one of my marriage counseling sessions. Because I had said that, like, our fights had gotten so bad that, like, I just, like, it, it's just like a constant beat down, right? Yeah. And so my marriage counselor calls me outside of one of our sessions. And she's like, hey, I, I need to have a conversation with you. And she goes, Ben, I need to tell you something. And I just want you to know, I'm sorry that I can't say this in our sessions, but like what you are experiencing is clearly emotional and verbal abuse. And like, this is not, you are not this person. You are not bad. Like you are a good guy. You have like a lot going for you. You're smart. You're hardworking. You want, like, I can see you wanting to work in this relationship. Okay. Yeah. Like, don't listen to it. If you ha like talk to somebody, right. I can recommend a therapist. I can give you somebody. You can call me, like talk to somebody like these are not like, do not listen to this voice. Right. That's the loud, that's the loud voice in your head. And like, if you start listening to it, you'll make bad decisions. And I guarantee you, you're going to hurt some people in your life that you don't want to hurt. That love you. That really love you. And they would love nothing more than to save you at that point. Yeah. And so. How did that feel? I can see it. I To get an affirmation to know that like I wasn't crazy. Right. And so. So nice. She also said the difficulty in this situation is because of the personality type of my ex. Like I can't come out and say that because she, she's going to go, this marriage therapist doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. So I started seeing a therapist just for me. Mm -hmm. Didn't want my emotions to, you know, run the bus. And she helped me understand. She gave me a model for the behavior that was going on in my relationship. Mm -hmm. And I did write some of these down. So I kind of wanted to run yes, through some please, of them. Yes, please. Please okay. refer back to your notes. Okay. But also, please know it's okay for you to cry right oh, now. Oh, of course. Because, I got you. Okay. I hey, I, I can feel it coming in. You know me. I'm, I don't hold back. I'm I know. okay being vulnerable. It's I a know. strength. Okay. <laughs> I'm a so, fucking winner. <laughs> so my, I was explaining my relationship to my therapist. And she asked questions and she pokes and prods. And like I've had multiple therapists while I was married tell me like, hey, Ben, you should probably pack a bag and like leave it in your car. Right? We'd have fights where – like maybe I'd sleep on the couch and they'd come oh. in at three o'clock in the morning and they're like, I want you to get the fuck out of my house. Like, I don't want you here. Go. Like, you're not wanted here. And I'd have work, like literally attached to an IP address at my house the next day. Yeah, so and Sundays, like four or five hours, right? Oh, uh, like three hours. Yeah. I started at seven. So I'd have to like take all my stuff and go check into a hotel so I could work from a hotel to do work. Right? Like not a, not a safe, secure space. Sure. And so she gave me this model for behavior and she goes, hey – here are some of the things that you've described. I want you to read this article and just let me know if it kind of describes your relationship. Okay, so these were some of the things that I was looking for, right? So it's about my partner mm -hmm. and kind of, so does my partner lack emo emotional empathy? Mm -hmm. Not it, just for you. But it's the easiest way in the relationship okay. is if hurting me doesn't also hurt you, then you lack emotional empathy. Right, like it's a perfect explanation. Yeah, and if th there's a good line, if hurting me doesn't hurt you, you don't love me. You're using me for something. Ooh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. There's Ugh. a lot to that one. Okay. <laughs> the second is whole object relations. So, like, in this, 
is it difficult for your partner to see you as an entire human being that is both good and bad? Or are you just like, it's either all or nothing, Mm. right? So like they don't see you as a human being that is both beautiful because they're perfect and imperfect, Mm -hmm. right? They only care about the side that is serving their interest, right? As soon as you go off of that path, you're no longer the tool for them. And because they don't love you, right, then- You're just the tool. You're just the tool. And now you're not doing what I want you to do. And when you're a malfunctioning tool, you're really not valuable. Yes. And then there's, so so that is, you're either a good tool or a bad tool, Mm -hmm. right? And then the sec- the third one is object constancy. So it's a saying that like if someone lacks object constancy, it's everything is good between us until you fuck something up, then our entire dynamic is fucked up. Mm. Like it, it's not like a, hey, I love you, but I am a little bit mad about you forgetting that one thing from last week. It's like you fucking it. Like how am I supposed to keep doing this if you're always going to keep forgetting shit, right? Yeah. Like. You make one mistake and now you're the biggest failure of all, right? You can see why I started to believe this shit. Um, they never accept blame and mm-hmm. they don't they don't respect boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so I had to write – I wrote all of these down. There's an article. Um, it's called The Survival Guide to Living with a Narcissist. And so these aren't things that like, hey, this is what to work on. The article is like here's what you have to accept. If you want to stay. If you want to stay in this relationship. Exactly. Because this shit isn't going to change. No. Like NPD, as I understand it, is a self-defense mechanism Mm -hmm. from a very, very, very tough and challenging environment as a child. Yeah. Right? Like you're in – imagine you're in a jungle and you're scared. So you put this little plastic ball up around you to keep you safe and you put pictures up against the inside of the plastic ball. So you're not really looking at the reality of what's around you. You're looking at this facade that you've created to make sure that you feel okay. Mm. And it's a really good description. It, I stole it from somebody else, you know, thinks all this. It's still good. Yeah. And so <laughs> part of what being a real narcissist is, is that they have to be stubborn because mm-hmm. they're presented with evidence to let them know that like, hey, the bubble ain't the bubble. Like they can see through. Right. But letting go of that bubble is like letting go of a life raft. Yeah. Because so, that bubble has essentially protected them from... Whatever. And let's say the environment that they were in was really shameful. Like you're never going to be good enough. You're terrible, blah, blah, blah. So then you tell yourself a story like, no, I'm not terrible. I'm great. Yeah. I'm excellent. Yeah. But if you're not able to also allow yourself to fail as well, then you have to hold on to this. It's either – because especially with narcissists, they think the same way about themselves. They're either all good or or they're a shameful piece of shit. Right. So if you're ever in an argument with a narcissist, it's either you or them and it's never going to be (laughs) them. It's really not. (laughs) So the best thing that a therapist ever did for me was give me that model because then the personal attacks and the person who wouldn't apologize when they'd done something really terrible to you or says these terrible things because they now think you're a huge piece of shit because you like left the garage door open, real story. Like if you don't – if you're not aware of those things – it just feels like it's because you are a piece of shit. But once I got that model, yeah. then I understood what the behavior really was. Right. Then I could emotionally detach myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was a big turning point. Yeah. But then things still go bad. And one day I just reach out to one of my best friends and he knows exactly who he is. And I did the hardest thing in my life. Not the hardest, the most challenging really being able to be vulnerable and tell somebody that like, Hey, I think I'm taking, I think I'm, 
I think I'm thinking about taking myself off this planet. You know, like, I like I, I don't know if I have a better option right now. What did he say? He said everything that I needed to hear. Like, uh, whew, man. I think what we miss out most is how our friends see us. You know, like, yes. we only have the POV from our side. Of course. And especially with men, like, we don't really share the positive emotions that we think about each other. Luckily, I, I make sure that my friend groups and my friends are also good about this. But like, because I was able to be vulnerable and connect with somebody, he gave me his perspective. And now there's two data points, right? Right. And he was like, dude, I know you. Right. Like you are confident. You are competent. I know that you can do this. I know that you can figure out a way to get through this. Like you're in control. Like fuck that bullshit. You know, like, no, like you're an amazing, like told me everything I needed to hear. Hold up. I have to breathe through my nose or I won't be able to. <laughs> <sighs> Ooh. So I'm, oh, Aww, thank you so much. Thank you, Keith. I am on this planet because of one of my best friends. Like, Thank you, friend. Yeah, he's yeah. he's an amazing dude. <laughs> and so um, I had to be vulnerable. And the that conversation was the turning point for the rest of my life. So, like, that was my emotional rock bottom. I connected with somebody, and he let me know, like, dude, th don't listen to it. Those are the crazy thoughts. Like, right. you're not crazy, but right. that's the crazy thoughts, right? right? And I was like, you know what? I do have this. And so work was going kind of well. Mm -hmm. Work started going really well, right? And I'm doing my own therapy and I'm controlling, I'm working on controlling my emotions and I'm building my own self-confidence. So I don't need to be so codependent. I don't need us to be okay to be okay. I'll be okay no matter what. Yeah. Like I'm a healthy person now, right? Like I'll be okay. It may be more difficult if you're, you know, upset and shitty and yelling sure. all the time, but I don't need us to be okay. We can take a time out. I don't have to solve this problem. Work starts going better. I start taking things off the plate that my ex is <laughs> upset about because I wanted to remove the bullets from her gun. Yeah. Like I knew she wasn't right. Right. I knew I wasn't the only problem here. So I was like, you know what? Hey, let's try it your way. Yeah. Let me take care of everything that you think is a problem right now. Wasn't I wasn't enough. going out with friends. It's not oh, it's never yeah, and then, enough. And then and then we kept fighting for some reason. Weird. So weird. And then we get but to But I a did place... all the things on your list. I checked all the boxes. I did everything you wanted me to do. And mm. you're still fucking mad. The best part too was I said, Hey. Do this. Here's the progress. Oh. Other side. Here's the progress that I've made in those areas that were important to you. Um, where would you say you're at on the things that are important to me? The things that were important to me in our marriage was like, hey, would you mind like hugging me more? Like mm -hmm. she just is emotionally cold. Hey, would you mind not yelling at me? Hey, could you respect my timeout boundaries? Like those are the basic bare minimums of just like respecting somebody's boundaries, right? right. Like and, you know, giving people like uh, being attentive to their emotional needs. So as soon as I got more okay, thank God to the therapy, right? Like you become more confident. And then I'm accepting less bullshit because it's mm -hmm. like I deserve better than that. Right. And then I'm holding people accountable because I know I'm also holding myself accountable. Mm -hmm. So then I'm speaking from a strong point. It's like, look, you know, she felt that my drinking was a problem. And I was like, all right, cool. I went totally sober for six months. I was like, I don't think this is a problem. But if you think this is a problem, great. Let's go. Knock it out. Right. And, and so I would be able to – I'd talk to her and I'd be like, hey, like these are these things that are big problems for me. And 
we don't really seem to be making a lot of progress. And she's like, well, I just don't think you understand how much damage you've done on the relationship. I said, okay, that is probably something super important for us to talk about. And I'm perfectly okay talking about that with you. Do you mind if we kind of stay on topic for this just now, just so that we can keep things kind of like neat, right? Like you're in a, you're trying to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't care if the conversation gets solved. Right. They just don't want to be wrong. Right. They'll throw monkey wrenches forwards, backwards, and sideways. I have a video from a fight that we had once that I watched the other day when I was just thinking about like this. Mm-hmm. There were times in our fights where, you know that thing in like seventh grade where you say something and then somebody kind of respond, like repeats it, but they only change like one word? Yeah. Like, so where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. That's what our fights about our marriage sounded like. <laughs> I'm talking with, like, one of the top people in their career. In their fields. A very smart human being. Right. Completely unwilling, unable to look at the stuff that she was doing on her side that affected the dynamic. I had to be the problem. And so after that conversation with my best friend, right, I had to get my own place. Um, My work started going from mostly remote to in-office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Per my therapist and just me, I needed my own place because I it like wasn't safe, right? And so I would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'd be up, you know, at, at home at, with her, right? With her, right? And so the relationship wasn't getting any better. I'm not reacting. I'm not taking things personally. She wants to come yell at me sideways. Hey, time out. And then like she, I would be like, hey, can we take a time out? And then she would start blowing up my phone and sending me all these text messages, right? That have how angry they are. I'm going to give everybody out there the best advice you're ever going to get. If you're in a fight with somebody and they send you a long text message, just delete it before you even read it. That is good. (laughs) There is nothing in that. If there's constructive (laughs) criticism, great. We can fucking talk about it. Face to face. Face to face. If if this is important, awesome. Like, I'm not saying don't listen to your partner, right? But if if they're not respecting boundaries and it's unhealthy and it's not... Like, it's not something that is a criticism that you could use. Yeah. There's not an action plan. It's just a TED talk of why you're the fucking worst. Right. Delete the text message. Oh. You don't even have to put that negativity in your brain. Yeah. So, like, the therapy helped me understand my coding, what was sending me off, what are better things that I can do next time, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, also, why am I exposed like this, right? And... As soon as you do that and I quit becoming codependent, I didn't need us to be okay. Mm -hmm. She got even more pissed off. And then it was like crazier, right? Because it's like. Because she lost the manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't playing the game anymore. Right. So, okay, great. The puppet strings were clipped. Yeah. Right. So then we're with our second marriage counselor. And. You had two. Yeah, because the first one I was, didn't know what they were wasn't drinking, about. wasn't doing drugs, wasn't going out with my friends, but I was still smoking an electronic cigarette. And my ex said that was my addiction. What a dick. <laughs> and my therapist was like, well, based on what you've said were problems in the relationship and kind of the progress that like Ben has made, like I don't necessarily think the e cig I wouldn't consider the e cigarette like the biggest issue. You know, like I feel like overall we're doing okay. Why are we focusing on the e cigarette? Oh, she she's like she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. We need to find somebody else. Yeah. Cool. Let's wait your way. I, Let's get another one. Great. You're so right. we got totally. And, and then we met Ashley. Okay. You've already oh, heard her name. Who's now your therapist. Okay. Yeah, All so right. We kept her. I met with Ashley. I gave her a straight layout and she's like, why be in the relationship? Yeah. Like, I need to know that. Right. Now. Yeah. And I'm like, well, because of this, this, and this. And she's like, yeah, but X, Y, and Z. So like, why? Right. And I was like, look, I told myself that I was going to double down and I'm going to do everything I can to like try to write the ship. 
Okay. Because you married her. Yeah. That's okay. my, like, that look. was the only, but that was your driving factor, right? That's the reason. Why. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave the game when there's still like five minutes on the clock. I know. Because like, I want to know. You're like, I'm not leaving the game even if there's 30 seconds on the yes. clock. Yes. So, still. so I doubled down. I did everything I could for the last six months. Everything. Everything I could do to like work to her, right? To be flexible, to not react, to not get angry, to not say the negative things. And you don't understand, I am getting, imagine being in a room with four people trying to whoop your ass and you don't throw a punch. Yeah. Like that. And it was the toughest thing that I went through, but it was good because I learned control and I'm able to control my emotions now. I mean, I was on difficult, like the expert difficulty. Right. So nothing's getting better, right? You try to talk about it. My, my ex calls me one night crying and she's like, but this is when I was in Dallas and she's, she's like, why can't we be friends? And I was like, why can't we be friends? I wouldn't be friends with you. <laughs> because my friends don't call me a piece of shit or right. like try to hurt my feelings. They support me. They make me feel loved. Like that was just a great. And so we have this big blowout fight in marriage counseling. Um, Ooh. She tries to say that my ex tried to say that my partying and all of that was the reason that the marriage wasn't going well. There's always a reason, right? Oh, wait, it's six months, something. six months sober. And so I said, you know what? I do feel like that probably put a strain on our marriage, but I don't think that that's the real reason we have all the same issues that we're having right now. But you can't discount the last six months when I haven't been drinking. That's why I asked her in marriage counseling. I was like, so what would we explain the last like six months? She goes, I just don't think you know like how much damage you've done. I was like, oh, well, that's convenient because it also correlates with you not doing any work, right? Like we're paying a marriage counselor and you're not even doing what she tells you to do. Mm -hmm. And so we get into this big blowout fight my ex goes, you know what? I just don't know if I want to be in a relationship with you. And wait, wait, <laughs> my stepdad, when we separated in like, you know, July or yeah. June, July, my stepdad told me, Hey Ben, you either need to double down or fold. Okay. And I just made it up in my mind. Like I was going to double down. Sure. I was going to leave it all on the field. All of it. So I did everything I could after all of that, sacrificing everything, being isolated, always doing it her way, giving her the benefit of the doubt, trying to make it work getting bricks thrown at me, not reacting, not responding, right? Like you become a human pressure cooker, right? And so I had to find ways to just alleviate that myself, which was a good lesson. I don't know if I want to be in a relationship with you. And I said, you know what? Send me some paperwork. I'm done. Fucking tapped out. That's it. Because of the work that I did, because I had the game plan going in where I was like, dude, this is going to be tough. You know, you're going to want to react. You have to be smart about this, right? Like, Who's the kind of person you woke up this morning wanting to be, right? Right. Be that guy the whole day. Right. I left everything out on the field. So when I told her that, it was was the most cathartic experience of my life because I literally unloaded the emotional trailer. Immediately after that, I reached back out to Ashley. I said, hey, we're getting a divorce. Um, I'd like to do a session with you one-on-one so I can really like debrief, Right. And so we, we did a session. It was the best thing I've ever done in my entire life because I asked for her honest opinion, like honestly, yeah. where was I at? What could I have done better? Blah, blah, blah. And to have somebody that I trusted really tell me that like, so here's what she said. Hey Ben, I need you to know that after y'all's last session, I spent 30 minutes crying because I was worried about the situation that you were in. And I was going to have to call my company to tell them, like, I couldn't see you two anymore because this is only a problem that gets fixed. Like, if she wants, like, she would have to go fix the problem herself. This is always, you can't fix the marriage if this is the problem, right? Right. And Your efforts can't fix this. So my marriage counselor said, hey, after y'all's last session, I spent 30 minutes crying. And my first thought was, oh, that wasn't even that bad of a fight. 
So like, oh my god, just wait. You're like, this is mild. After I got out of the relationship mentally, after I said, you know what, we're done. Like I am done with this. We're ending things. To go back and replay, mm-hmm. like what our fights were like, mm-hmm. is fucking crazy to me. That I was even in a position where I would let somebody treat me like that. Like, there was a call one night where my wife was upset, my ex at the time, and what I was thinking is like, look, maybe she just has to get it out. Like, let me just let her get it out. So she yelled at me for 45 minutes. And all I did during that time was try to agree with her or acknowledge her point. Like, hey, I can, I totally see that. You know what? You're probably right. I would feel the exact same way. She yelled at me for 45 minutes. Okay. And then I go, hey, you've obviously shared a lot. Is it okay if I give you my kind of feedback? And she's like, I don't want to talk. Hangs up the phone. <laughs> yeah. So I tell this to my stepdad. I tell this to I my stepdad. I don't want to talk. Oh, you, she, or I'm like, spent now. I'm oh, spent. You, you had a lot of energy the last 45 minutes when you were literally. <laughs> Screaming at me. Yeah, yeah. And so. Um, Crazy broad. And so uh, I told this to my stepdad. And I was like, you know, we had this talk. She was upset. And, you know, I thought it'd be best to just let her get it out. But she she yelled at me for like 45 minutes. And my stepdad was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I just like I thought I'd let her like get it out. And, you know, I didn't argue with her. I was agreeing with her. And he was like, Ben, I wouldn't let someone yell at me for 45 seconds. Yeah. Like what? You're not a. Yeah. You're not a punching bag. You're not bag. a punching bag. If you've lived your whole life as a punching bag, the, when people you treat you as know? a punching bag, you're like, right. yeah, no, it's cool. This what is I, familiar. What mm, I told myself good. is I can take it, you know? And so I'm strong enough. I can endure this pain. Yeah. So fast forward, Ashley and I put together a game plan and because of my childhood, I had always felt like there were two sides of my personality, right? There's the good side that I show everybody and then the wild, crazy, bad side that I hide from the world, right? Sure. And living life in that dichotomy, I could only ever be one of those people to the detriment of the other, right? Right. So the first thing that Ashley helped me understand is, like, these are two wings to the same bird, baby. Right. Like, you are just one Ben. Right. There's no good Ben. There's no bad Ben. There's just Ben. That was awesome because now I'm not fighting with Yeah, you're like, I can let my freak flag show. Yes. (laughs) I'll tell you, my therapist has the best dating advice for me, which was what we're going to end with. Okay. um, The first thing is that left, left and right wing were all part of the same bird. That was the first step. The second was me just really looking into where this negative self-talk was coming from. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why? Like, why do you think this? Like, why would you say this to yourself? Right. Like, what's the benefit? What's the value of this? Right? Right. What do you do when you feel stressed like this? Maybe what's, like, a healthier thing that we could do? And you just look at it as, like, the simple ones and twos. The second big, massive, major impact was I figured out that my negative self-talk, right, is just me doing karaoke to a song that I heard 25 years ago mm-hmm. about why I'm not good enough. Right. And like the melody was playing in the background long <laughs> like enough I keep the that words. I know the two words. And then now I've started singing it and now it's my voice. And now I think that that's how I actually feel about myself. No, it isn't. Right. I'm literally just repeating a song. Like, you know, when a song comes on the radio and you can't help but sing it. Of course. Same thing. Right. Realizing that my negative self-talk was just me doing the, over vocals to what somebody else told me gave a value to that voice. So I told my therapist, like, hey, for the last, like, three weeks, I- I've enjoyed the radio in my head. Like, I like, I feel good. Yeah. So 
we start separating. I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of that, but somebody was trying to be, they were trying to manipulate the situation. They were trying to do things to intentionally hurt me. And you know what? I didn't let it get to me. Yeah. Because let them. If they're, if they're, if they're coming out of their way to come at you with anger, imagine how fucked up their shit is. Right. That that's where they're investing their time. Right. And so you just, you just see it as like, hey. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Cool. It's fine. Like that was. The, I have the confidence to know that I'm going to be okay yeah. on the other side of this. Yeah. But if this is what you need control over. Cool. Also too, like your reality isn't my reality. Right. You can think. Believe, say whatever you want. Whatever you want. Hey, I'll support you. Absolutely. Good. Hey, I love that for you. <laughs> so, like, I'm in a situation, and so um, after the debrief with Ashley, I said, Ashley, I really trust you. You really understand me. I'd like to keep seeing you. That has been the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. I love therapy, but, like, really, I have a really good relationship with Ashley. We have this model where it's kind of introspective. I literally just talk to her about, here's what happened, here's what I think's going on, and she kind of helps guide me through the process. Yes, same. We get work done. done. Oh, and we have so much fun. So the place where I'm in now, right, is I'm not perfect. That's okay, right? Like one of my mentors once told me, he said, are you part of the problem? Like are you part of the problem? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, good, then there's a solution. Sure. Right, like if you're not part of the problem – your best option is to cross your fingers and hope and pray. Right. <laughs> and so I'm not perfect and that's all right. I had these standards that I was holding myself to. Mm-hmm. Like Ashley's favorite was like, where did you get this model of like what a perfect life? Like, like, wh- like why are you beating yourself up to these standards that you've like never been at before? Right. And is this even what you really want to do? This imaginary, yeah. I'm like, oh, guys are supposed to work out in the morning and I know that journeying is important. She's like, yeah, but do you think oh my god, is okay. important? Can you, can you say like what, what it was, like what your reality was, these standards, these insane standards that you were holding yourself to? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear it. I've been playing rugby for 20 years. I'm pretty damn fit. I do triathlons now. Um, I think I'm a, I think I'm fat. Yeah. Because like their Instagram yeah. Yeah. and like, and I've also been really, really in shape. Yeah. So where I'm at now is out of shape compared to where I was. Right. So but then I'm judging. But you look so much better from like, even just like four years ago, five I, years ago. But Hey, if I allow my brain to do the whole judgment thing, yeah, then my brain can look at this wonderful body that I have at 34 years old and right. go, you weren't as tight as you were when you were Piece 24. Shit. Yeah. Oh, bro, you think you got abs now? You were so much better when you were 16. But so like that's why you got to look at what's going on behind the scenes. So now it's better to accept where I am. Right. Because I'm like, hey, this is my body. Right. Which means I have control of what it's going to look like and what it can do. Right. So then you start putting action plans together. Like take out the judgment piece. Here's Just look at it pragmatically. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like remove the emotion. Okay. So here's another thing I learned from Ashley. For the longest time, I thought that I was my emotions and my reaction. Nah, that's just the coding and the programming. What I've also noticed is when you get a negative feeling, right? Like you ever be in your car and you just experience joy? Hold on to that one. That's a good one. Yes. Right? Yeah. If you're ever driving in your car and let's say you feel sad, Mm -hmm. what every person I know does is they go, wait, I'm feeling sad. It's probably because Michael didn't text me back, you know, after I kind of told him I really needed his help with that thing. Mm -hmm. Or I'm probably sad because I didn't get that promotion at work, right? So we tell ourselves a story about the emotion, Mm -hmm. which at the time we think is right. I'll tell you right now, it's probably not. (laughs) So 
instead of just saying, hey, I feel sad right now. Because, like, it is true. That is an honest emotion. Yes, you are feeling it. Yes, it's yours. And it will pass, right? Those are the three guarantees. Yes, it's yours. You're feeling it. It's real. It's going to pass. If you just sit and focus on the emotion, the sadness, don't tell yourself a story. Just sit and be like, hey, I feel sad. And like, think about like, where is that feeling in my body, right? Mm -hmm. And just sit there and relax and breathe. And like that feeling will dissipate. Right. The feeling's only going to stay around for about 90 seconds. Right. The story you tell yourself about the feeling. Will stay forever. You've probably been holding on to something for 10 years. Right. And you can, because the story is attached with that emotion, you are dragging that emotion like it's a fucking anchor right. through your life. Yeah. Because you have a story about the emotion. That's your luggage that you're carrying and to you the airport just been, of life. Yeah. You could have just been <laughs> sad for 90 seconds. And then moved on. Yeah. Now, the next time you interact with your boss, you're already stressed out. And if they ask you a question the wrong way, you snap at them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, or you cry. Yeah. Or you yeah. cry. Whatever it is. Yeah. So, like, not riding the wave. Mm. Like, I thought that the emotions, I thought because I have a big heart and I'm passionate, I thought that my emotions were my strong suit. So I would ride these waves, 20-footers, right? Good <laughs> I'm Lord. a pro, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, realizing that your emotional self is not really you. Like, who you are is the quiet voice. Like, the reason that we have to do meditation, mm-hmm. like, the reason that you have to journal. I love journaling because I don't stop the pen moving. And my subconscious will make its way out. Like, my, I, I, if, as long as I just make sure I keep writing, try it. If you've ever done it, it's called free writing. Yeah. Just five minutes. You can't stop writing. Even if you're like, I don't know what to write, just don't stop. You have to give your subconscious like an outlet, right? Because like, that's who you are. That quiet voice where like in your gut, you're like, hey, that's not right. Yeah. You're not the loud voice. How many writing. times did you not listen to your gut? I've always gone with my gut when my gut was giving me a clear message. I've always trusted my gut. It's your intuition. Your subconscious can make decisions based on like hundreds of data points. I know. Your conscious is like four or five. I always trust my gut. But I was allowing my ego to drown out my intuition. Mm-hmm. That's and what that was, I was going to say. On like, me. Yeah. That's on me. So in your marriage, you're you're still pushing forward. You're still like giving it all you can. Like you said, you were going to double down because... Yeah. Of your ego. No, because I told myself, like when I told them like, hey, you and I are in it to the long haul, I meant it despite all the negative things that they were doing to me. Like I didn't, because I was, I mean like, I, I'm like, I'm going to say this again. I love my mom to death. She did everything that she could, single kids, but like there was emotional and verbal abuse present when I was growing up. For sure. So like, I thought that was normal. Right. And this is my partner, right? And I'm seeing this person as a potential mother of my children and future wife, you know, 60 years. Like, like I wasn't fucking around when I made the bet. You right. might have been a bad pick, but right. at the same time, like, mama didn't raise a quitter. Like, we're going to do this. I was committed. But you can't build a bridge from one side. Right. And it, like, got to the point where, like, I had mental health professionals telling me, like, hey, Ben, you need to get the fuck out of here. And you're like, I probably should get the fuck out of here. I probably should get the fuck out of here. <laughs> bail, bail, bail. bail. <laughs> so here's what I love about it moving forward. Um, because of all the therapy, Ashley told me, she's like, Hey, one is, do you understand how easy a normative relationship is going to be for you? Mm. I've experienced it since the grass is greener. Like 
hey, I want to talk to you about something. You're receptive to it. You hear me out. We can talk about our opposing sides. And we walk away with like a game plan on how to make it better, right? Mm -hmm. You make me feel seen and heard. I appreciate you, right? We apologize. We don't snap. We don't allow our emotions. You know, like the There's next eye contact during the conversation. There's not deflection. Oh There's not stonewalling. Gosh. There's okay. not yeah. Ston criticism, stonewalling, defensiveness, and contempt. Mm -hmm. My marriage was four for four. Mm -hmm. Right? The criticism is not like, hey, this is what you need to do better. No. It is it is like you are trying to push someone down with the negative feedback that you give them. You're it bad is, at this, yes. you're bad at this, you're bad at this, you're bad at this. If that's the way that you communicate with your partner, ask yourself if you really love them. Right. Because like, I know you love your husband or I know you love your wife, but if you come to her and you're like, yo, you need to do something about these fucking dishes. Yeah. Homeboy, is that who you wanted to be that day? <laughs> like, did you wake up and you're Choose like, hey, this violence? is like <laughs> to the person I chose above everybody else on the planet that has yeah. had my back when I'm at my absolute worst. This is what I'm going to serve up to them. The person that I'm going to share like 1,800 meals with. This is how I want to. Yeah, let's set. A, let's make sure it's set a bad tone. Right. Like, take the extra step. Right. You know, like. But don't come you feel from a like place of in grace. what? It, what did she call it? Normative relationships. Normative. Don't you feel like in normative relationships, there's no desire to want to do that? What do you mean, desire to want to do what? To even want to communicate like that. You know. There's no. You think in a normative relationship, there's no desire to want to be over communicative? No, no, no. Or like, to be mean. You need to do something about these fucking dishes. Oh, that's the normal, that's the natural coding programming. Mm. Like, you could love your partner, but if your mom talked to you like that, oh, okay. guess okay. how you're going to talk to your spouse when the kitchen isn't clean. If you haven't done any self-work to maybe reprogram if those are your internal tapes, the, then The coding yes. is there. Okay. The coding is already there. I just don't even have it. Like, even though, you know, that was, that was the, that was my coding. Like, that, that's how I was wired. That's how I was programmed. I'm a fucking computer just like everybody else. Like, yeah. But even though that's like, what it is, I never – like I never look at my kid or someone else and just say, you need to fucking do something about these fucking dishes. You know what I mean? True. Granted, I've done a lot of self-work, but it's – I still just don't possess that. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to empathize with someone who here's does what I'll say. possess that. Now let's add a stressor event to your life. And then let's add like another stressor. Yeah. And then let's have a day where I like lost Chloe... five family members in the past three years. So compound that and then have maybe like one of the kids spill something on the carpet. Sure. So that's why I said at the beginning, there is shit in your closet. And the more stressed you are, the more open that door gets. Yeah. So it sounds like if you've already kind of dealt with the shit in the sure. closet. Yeah. And if you have a good idea and you know what your anger sounds like or you know what you ramping up sounds like. And yeah. you've, you've made the attempts and been successful at controlling your emotions before, then yeah. Like you can be like, whoa, 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 hey. April needs to take a breath. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on That's right exactly now. And all, it is, and all it <laughs> I is. I need to is, breathe. <laughs> all it is is a cup on the rug. Right. Okay. Like. I love my children. Right. I'm so excited that they are here. Right. I can clean up this mess and clean I can even up. buy a new it's rug. Okay. Right. Hey, my life is good and <laughs> right. it's filled with great things. Right. Like, that's what I've been telling myself lately. My life is amazing and it can get even better. Yes. It only gets better. Uh, so <laughs> the story post divorce, um, I get my own place. I start doing my own thing. I'm doing okay. My ex keeps trying to reach out to me to handle some financial stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and that was its whole Logistics. Oprah show. And she was like, I'm crying myself to sleep every night. And I was like, I went in my head. I went, why? <laughs> For what? <laughs> like you, you spent the last two years 
like literally trying to tear me down as a human Verbally being. Berating we could never me. be okay. We were always right. fighting. We were always ignoring each other. Like, what Why are, are you, you cry- sad? What are you crying about? <laughs> this should be a relief. Yeah. Like, good your problem God. is gone. <laughs> so, um, gave dating a, a second chance. Here's the biggest benefit to dating now. I don't need the other person for me to be okay. So like, I don't need this date to work out because I don't need you to like me because I don't need you to like me because I like myself. Mm. So like, I don't need That's the date huge. to work out. Hey, I'm, I can walk away at any point, right? Also, I have healthy boundaries, right? So I'm aware of how much am I sharing with this person dependent on what stage we're at. I heard yeah. a really good quote talking about marriage and cheating. And he's like, if you're not married, it's not cheating. I don't agree with that. But what he was talking about is like in dating – you shouldn't be telling everybody everything, everything about, about you. you. Like somebody that you just started dating shouldn't know shit your mom doesn't know about you. Right. I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Why? Why not? I can't uh, tell them my whole life story. Wait, yeah. Why I wouldn't I just fucking emotionally vomit all over them? Yeah, I can't just dump all my vulnerabilities <laughs> into this person and try to have them sort it out to like, yeah. To figure me out and support me and love me in the best way possible. Yeah. So it's like, okay, <laughs> now I'm coming from a good place. Now I have healthy boundaries. Now I know what healthy communication looks like and what non-healthy communication looks like. Mm -hmm. Now I know exactly where I'm most triggered and kind of what I can do when I get upset and mad. I have an idea of the values that I want our relationship to have, right? And what's important. And then the biggest thing that Ashley did for me, when it came to like the standards I was holding myself to, right? That I have to be doing all of these things, right? I'm competing with everybody's social media, right? Yeah. Um, I was like, so with dating, you know, obviously I'm, you know, I, I can't pick somebody like the last, you know, like my mom or, you know, my ex, right? Obviously need somebody different. And I told Ashley, I said, Ashley, what do you think? She's like, can I be honest with you? And I was like, what? She goes, you just need to find a down ass chick. That's what you need. Like yeah. somebody where you can be a hundred percent you, they'll let you be a little bit messy, but at the same time they see you for like the good that you are, you right. know, and what you can do. Yeah. So now I'm not dating based on like what I think. I think sometimes it's difficult in dating because we look at this person and then we go, hey, what are our friends going to think about this person? And there's an important component to that, right? Right? Like, sure. hey, does this person fit with my lifestyle? Because sure. if not, and this yeah. person's my best friend, there's something there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, but now I'm just looking at it as like, when I was dating, when I was looking to get married, I was trying to find the compliments to where I was weak, right? Like, Hey, if I'm not really good at cleaning, like what's somebody that's a little bit cleaner than I am? Now, that's not saying that they're going to do all the cleaning. It's, hey, they're going to help me get better at cleaning. Like I can kind of rely on them. I'll use whatever their method is, like whatever. Okay. We're going to use it to get better. Um, I realized I was trying to project the work to somebody else. Okay. So it's like now. Versus taking it on yourself. yourself. So then, okay, let's say you're not good with finances right? I need to find somebody that's good with finances. Okay. What if you just took the steps to get good at your finances? So now you can just find somebody that you like and makes you feel loved. Like you're not bringing an expectation in what that other person needs to be because all they need to be is themselves. Right? That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's what I've realized. And so I was dating from this weird place of insecurity. It's like, I need somebody that has these characteristics because I don't have these characteristics. And then yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing, Ben? <laughs> do you enjoy this person? Do they make you feel loved? Do you feel loved? Like, do you make them feel loved? Like, that's the important pieces. 
the night and day difference over the last two years. Yeah. Right? Like the lows that I went through, having my back up against the wall, not wanting to be on the planet to like, I told my therapist for the last two weeks, it feels like my life has been on cheat codes. Like, you know me, I've always been decent at my job. I... You've always been really good at your job. Thank you. Yeah, don't minimize. Now I'm competing with people that have been in the industry in my specific role for six and eight years. I've been doing this for one. Mm-hmm. I finished number two so far for this year. No big deal. But yeah, like no Pat big deal. Pat self on back. Um, clients that I've helped are winning. Like the, the clients that I consulted for are killing it. That makes me feel good. Right. I'm spending more time with my friends. I'm doing the things that I like to do. Um, working out, right? I used to play rugby for 20 years. Put me in a room with 40 other guys and have somebody yelling at us. I'll do the greatest work you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But like going to the gym, which is what you love. Love it. I fucking hate. But I love it because if I don't. Well, but what I'm right. saying is just me going to the gym and working out by myself is what I don't like. Right. So then it's like, hey, Ben, why don't you just get smarter, dude? I was in Austin this past weekend. I went to the Barton Springs. I'd like to swim. Yeah. And I like being outside. So I just used that as an opportunity and swam probably 500 meters. You want to know Why? Because Ben likes being outside and Ben likes swimming and yeah. Ben needs to work out. Yeah. I'm not holding. You, you have, have to go to, make, to the gym and be yeah, David Goggins. Like and make, <laughs> No, just relax, <laughs> Your dude. shit is like you really like to do – you like to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. You like to be active but also have fun and not, yes. do, some, not do boring things. Play. Right, right. Like when's the last time you played you like as play. an adult? Never. I've, it's been a long time. This is my play. Yeah. So I have to make sure that this is a priority for me. Yes. This is okay. my pr- This is my play. This is also ties into – therapy and self-love. Okay. Self-love is not how you feel about yourself. Self-love is what are you doing to make yourself feel loved? Mm, That's good. Like, like the gym is my self-love. My podcast is my self-love. It's not because you're walking around like, I think April's the best. No. Even though she is, (laughs) we both know. Um, self-love is like, how are you showing up for yourself? Yeah. Like I do imagine when you, I mean, a lot of therapists will talk about like inner child work. Sure. A breakthrough for me, a breakthrough for me was realizing that despite the crunchy, manly, aggressive exterior, Mm -hmm. what's really inside is like a really scared and hurt child that never felt like he was going to be able to tackle the challenges that the world was going to throw him in. His environment was so bad, he just was convinced that his environment was going to be that bad for the rest of his life. Now you're going to make me cry, you asshole. It's okay, but (laughs) what I realized is like, what I needed was to reach out to myself and be like, hey, buddy, it's going to be yeah. okay. You're like, talking to Ben when he was five. Yeah. Right. It's just like, hey, dude, all you have to worry about is taking the step that's right in front of you. And also like, look at us now, dude. Yeah. and <laughs> We made it, man. Yeah, we like, made hey, it. Bro, if you had any idea how great some of these things are going to be, like it's going to be okay. Right. But it's like now because I've done that and – what I told you earlier about like the left and right wings mm-hmm. now being the same bird. All of you. You're a total package. All of you. And I have a good relationship with myself. So I don't want to get self-destructive because like I like me. Right. You know? Yeah. All of that has just made me feel more confident and in my skin. And it's like I'm back to being me. That value right there. Like I see Ashley three times a month. Yeah. Even if you just have somebody where you can just let empty the gas tank. For sure. Like uh, when I was going through my, you know, divorce, um, my ex was like, I was like, Hey, my ex would give me a Ted talk on 30 minutes on why I sucked. And I said, Hey, look, I understand where you're coming from. I agree with you on the points that you're making. And I support you. Like I, I support what you're communicating. 
I just don't think I'm the best outlet for this. Right. Right. Like maybe you should talk to somebody. And she's like, what am I going to do? Just bitch about you in a therapy session for an hour. And I was like, yeah, that's what I do in mine. Cause then I get to like, you get it out and then they give and then you I get a better, to walk away and well, I'm like, good and, and we're done. I'm not, I'm not externalizing on you. But you're also not holding on to that, right? You've released it. Yeah. And yeah. they're giving me a better way to kind of understand and maybe some tools for next time. Like, sure. so, um, my ex started going to therapy and you know, as well, we had some things in the marriage, like lost pregnancies. And, uh, there was on top of us. Really, just really traumatic things. Very, very, very traumatic things on top of us already being in a bad place and not having the tools and not working together. Right. right? It was bad stuff. Um, after like her second therapy session, she's working on resentments that she has for me. Right. Which, Hey, whatever. Hey, therapy whatever therapy. you got to do, man. Exactly. Right. So she asked me a question. I said, Hey, that would be a really good question for your therapist, you know? And so I asked her like two weeks later, I was like, Hey, what did your therapist say? And she goes, Oh, my therapist told me I don't need to do therapy anymore. (laughs) Did her therapist actually say that? Right. What, what therapist for somebody that's going through a divorce had like lost, like a lot of loss, stressful, already a stressed out person. Hey, you know what, April? You're good. Unless you show up and stonewall the therapist. Unless you manipulate the therapist or the therapist said you needed to do something and you're just lying to me. Either way, I don't care it's anymore. It's not my business. Hey, it, it, I don't, it, it, I don't need to barrel, solve the problem. Not my barrel, not my monkeys. Yeah. So like <laughs> now I think I wanted to control the relationship. Sure. I dove too far in to kind of get control when things got crazy. Now it's kind of like you said, don't say something where it sounds like it's so structured. That's just me trying to show my partner love. Yes. I know it may come across as patronizing, but that's me holding my anger back. Yeah. And it's just going to sound like, hey, I think this is what, it's going to sound like a, a an analysis. And it also makes, if this is how you make sense of it in your mind yes. so that you're saying it out loud. Yes. Not that there's any malice behind it. Nope. Yeah. But it's, trust me, I'm holding back a lot of malice. Like, <laughs> but so like, now it's from the place where you realize like being in a relationship is creating an environment where you are allowing somebody to be themselves, mm-hmm. whether that's good to bad, the benefit ugly, or right. the detriment of you, yep. you're giving them enough slack to hang themselves, but you're also like trying to give that person what they need to feel supported and loved, right? Like I used to think that it's always the words that you say to somebody. If I really love April the flower, what is April, like April the person, what does April need to sustain where she's at right now? Yeah. How can I help? Right. A love letter is good. But, like, if you start doing the one chore that's going to save your partner 10 minutes every day, like, that, that's love and you're checking in every single day. Right. You know? And I think it depends on the person, right? It depends on your yes. your, your partner. Whatever sure. it is that, that that is a need for them, again, that takes self-work because they have to identify what is really important to them, their love languages, how they receive love. But you can also help people through that, too. Oh, for sure. And yeah. there's a book called The 80-80 Marriage where both partners are trying to give 80% because yep. it's really hard for each person to give 100% all the time, right? Yeah. And some days you're going to give the 20 And the other person's going to give the 80. But the difference is when you're constantly thinking about how you can show up bigger and better, maybe not bigger, but better for your partner every day, right? Or at least if it's not every day, every other day, every week, week over week, right? There's exponential growth. You should show up for your partner every day. Every day. In some way, shape, or form. Right. Because it could be as small as being like share appreciation for something. But again, that's a healthy relationship. That's a normative relationship. Yep. And you have to be self-aware enough to know that I'm in a good space personally, but I'm also, I'm in a good enough space personally that I know that I want to show up for my partner. 
Yes. Um, when I look back through my crazy phase, when I was wild, fun, fun, fun would be a good way to say it. <laughs> we like to say, we'll say fun. Okay. It, I don't like to called? look back on my party days as negative yeah. because I had to get, go through them to get here. Yeah. I was like a lukewarm mess. Let's call that fun. So, so fun. there's this girl that I dated and she is, I would say pretty emotionally consistent. She's pretty healthy. Right. And I was in this crazy phase where I was like all over the place, but she enjoyed spending time with me. Mm -hmm. She didn't try to tie me down. She didn't try to call me out on my bullshit. She's like, I, when you said shit like that, it's like I knew you were lying, but I didn't care, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not here to fix you. Just like sort out whatever you need to sort out. I was going to be here for you if you needed the help. Like it, it was the healthiest way to deal with somebody because it's like you don't attach to them. You don't try to solve the problem right. for them. Like you just hang back and you're like, hey, if you need anything, I'll be here. Yeah. But I'm at the same time, like, I'm but good. at the free time, like either you work it out or you don't work it out, and I'm gonna be a okay either way. Right, right. Like that's the boundaries piece, right? I'm gonna keep kind of on my side, keep it, you know, not protected, but just like uh, sure, secure. Like that's where, it, in my last relationship, not the ex, you know, I've kind of been able to date since. Had a normative relationship is a great experience. Yeah, we weren't like. We were a great dynamic. We were a good pair. But looking at that other person, I had to ask myself, like, does this person have everything that I'm looking for? Right. And she didn't. And that's no negative. To Is it a else. hell yes? Yeah, it's a hell yes or a no. Right. And so we just wanted the hell yes piece. Right. And it, it was good for us to be able to understand why not and maybe what was missing and what was going on. Sure. But it's like, yeah. It's like, a, what is it? Nacho Libre. Life is good. <laughs> you know? And like, I will say to your face, like people have said this to me. It's like, it's like my face has changed. You're like lighter. Yeah. Yeah. I, like you're not carrying your stress in your face anymore. Uh, right. I've had five people tell me this. Yeah. They're like, Ben, you look like it's different. It, Better. Your body, <laughs> your body, especially your subconscious is like going to find a way to communicate. I it. mean, it's just like the fucking book. Your body keeps a score. Like if you're like sleeping like shit, if and you're stressed, if you're stressed, like you're going to wear it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I hope that was helpful. I have a couple of takeaways. That was amazing. Always find someone to talk to. This is by far the to. longest podcast I've ever recorded. Uh, no, bad. no, no. It's great. We did cover a lot of ground. This is like Joe Rogan status. I'm we could have, we could have been a little bit more organized, but I will say this. I don't um, care about being organized. The first thing I'm always going to say is like uh, me men's health, right? Men's health and suicide. It's a, it's a bad problem. Men don't talk enough about it. Just be the friend to just ask your friends like, hey, how are they doing? Set the example for your friend group, right? Women are really good about being supportive of each other. For sure. I think it's one of the best things that, you know, women do collectively. And I think men are really making the shift now where we're like knowing it's important to tell your friends like, like I tell my buddies I love them. Yeah. All right. Love you, man. Like I'm out of here. Right. And like if your friend group doesn't have that, be the example. You never know. I'm the happiest guy in the world. I will always joke and laugh. I'm making everybody laugh. I did not want to be on this planet. And you were really, really sad. You yeah. were in a dark place. And and I, I, I didn't even tell Amon totally where I was at. I was just like, man, stuff's tough. And he, he knew to keep kind of like prodding it out of me. So like, That's talk who it was. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I love him. I know. So You know we have like the same birthday, right? Yes. Yes. So um, He'll never let me live that down. Talk to somebody if you're feeling like you're all alone. The second thing that I'm going to tell you is it doesn't have to be therapy, but just like start working on the relationship with yourself and see if you can't get to really the root of like who you are. And you're not going to know that unless you're testing the waters. 
But like the best thing that I think is for some reason I thought my story was already written. Like, like, oh, hey, you're always going to be a failure. You're always going to fuck this up. You know what I realized the other day? I don't even know all the badass versions of myself that are possible. Yeah, not yet. Like there's like a right. scuba diving G.I. Joe yes. and like an army ranger. Right. Ben, you know, like uh, you that, can do all of it. All of these things. Yeah. And so you're only 34. Yeah, I'm only 34. Right. Um, uh, a line that I that has been really, really helpful on dark days. So you don't have to be hopeful for the future. You just have to be curious. Right? Like, can you just entertain the idea like, hmm, like, a, shit. I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, hmm. hey, like, what What do you think? Maybe, what, what will it be like in five years? Yeah. Like, what? hey, what could things look like in a year? Right. Like, you don't have to say it's going to be great, but right. you just have to be curious. So, yeah. I'm like think, the eternal optimist. I'm always like, it's just going to get better from here. But that's good <laughs> because your emotions influence your behaviors and your behaviors uh, influence your outcomes. That's why the mental space, like... That's why this big mental health piece is so important because it is the undertone that is affecting all of the operations. It's like imagine if you walked into your workplace and it was fucking dark and dusty the entire time. I know. Are you really going to be that productive? Like how much are you going to enjoy doing work? I know. What are your relationships with your coworkers going to be like? They're probably going to fucking suck because you guys are both in a bad place that you don't want to be. I know. I think about people who work in places without windows. Like how sad. I like natural light. Um, Same. I couldn't do it. So, like, the music doesn't have to be bad. You don't have to be walking around with a bad soundtrack. Talk to other people so that you can start to figure out. Because we're all, we all have our own stuff, right? Everybody else has their own junk in the closet. And it's affecting people in different varies, right? Like, different varying degrees. Um, You don't have to do it alone. You're going to be A-OK. And, like, the best part about this at the end of the journey is that you get to be... I think sometimes, especially in relationships, we want it to work so bad because we want to pour our love into something and yeah. then also have it poured back into us. Yeah. And it's the greatest risk we ever take. For sure. Right? Yeah. Once you realize that you can do that with yourself, right? And it may just be even like a little bit, but to like walk around every day knowing that you love the person that you are and you recognize that it's not a perfect person, you know, like it's just, hey, I am an individual and I'm unique and I'm not like anybody else. And I love that I get to be this guy, right? You think a negative mindset influences your outcomes? Imagine if you're like, hey, I'm just happy and I love being me and I love helping people. I have been murdering it at work for the last like two months. They asked me to speak in front of my entire company about like what I'm doing different to help bring the change. And one of the things that I said on that call was, Hey, I'm making sure to do the things that I need to do so that I show up for work in the best possible, you know, way. And one of that is dealing with my head junk. And I mentioned, yeah, I've been talking to somebody for, you know, probably the last year. It's going really, really well. Three people at my company reached out to me and were like, hey, thanks for saying that. You know, like, hey, like, you know, thanks for, and I was like, of course, yeah. And they were able to talk to me about some of the things that they were working on, which was, like not riding the wave, right? Just allowing the emotion to just pass through you, yeah. right? Like, or if it's an intrusive thought, it's like a bird that flies into your house. You don't have to keep it in your house. Just get it out. open the doors. Just get it out. <laughs> and so I was able to help somebody. Like I got put on this planet to help other people. For like sure. that's my, Same. help people solve problems. Same. That's what I'm here to do. Um, to be able to help somebody with just some of the tools. And I act like I'm some expert. This is all, trust me, I am no expert. Life experience. Yeah, I am no expert at mental health. I am just kind of getting 
my feet wet. You're just a man who is practicing mental health. It's yeah, okay. <laughs> it's the manly thing to do. So, um, men toll health, get it? Oh, <laughs> that's dang, that's cold. <laughs> that was good. They call us hysterical, get it? Yeah, Hyster- hysterical, hysterectomy. That's women, mental men. Oh. oh. Dang. Yeah. Dang. The misogyny runs deep. Oh, it's rough. Deep. The patriarchy. Up in a patriarchy. We love it. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for coming. Of course. Thank this you for really telling good. your story. Thank you. I hope it helps and just talk to somebody, guys. Hey, and love yourself. Love yourself. That's a big one. Thank you for everyone who listened. Uh, if you made it this far, I am very proud of you. I doubt it. There's absolutely <laughs> no way. Uh, if you have any questions for me or any questions for Ben, I'm sure Ben would be super open and receptive to anything. If you guys want to talk about therapy, especially for my male listeners and viewers, it was it would be huge and also uh, very welcomed if you guys reached out. If you guys send me an email at biggirlpantspod at gmail.com, I will forward the information to Ben. He can reach out to you. Or if you want to reach out directly to him, where can they find you? My email is my first last name at gmail.com. Spell it out. Oh, B-E-N-T-E-A-N-E-Y. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you guys so much for watching, listening. If you have any questions for me, um, always feel free. And please leave me a rating a five-star only rating please thank you very much and, she is five um, stars. <laughs> and i look forward to the next episode thank you guys <laughs>